Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. But I was so fucking high. Um, sup, everybody? Part two for the uh, the ultimate Penny Bloom Film Awards. This is the fun shit. I hope you're fucking ready. I know I am. How about you, Joey? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm ready to jump in. This is where it gets fun. It was going to be way too big to do this in one whole episode. It was going to end up being like a five hour and 15 minute episode. So we were like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we ought to just split it up for the people. Made it a little bit more palatable to the general public. A little more manageable. Aha. And alas, we continue on this mega Penny Bloom Film Award. It's, uh, I'm, I've came down, so I'm ready to attack this, this last part of the uh, award show a bit more cog- cognitively than I might have on mm-hmm. uh, Nightmare and Dream Blunt Rotation. Um, yes. I was, I was passing out, and, uh, I think y- y'all, y'all kind of heard that. But, uh, we're going to do the back half of this award show. And this is, uh, this is something that's been long in the works. We did seven hours of planning on patreon.com slash Coro Bloom for you for all these nominations. We went through every movie, went through every scene and decided which were worthy of these noms. We're going to go with the best action scenes of the project. We're going to do the best love scenes of the project, the funniest scenes of the project. The biggest heartbreaking moments in the project, the best deaths in the project, the uh, the best uh, book movies, best movies based off books. We're going to do uh, best ensemble cast, and then we're going to top the show off with uh, best plot twists, best endings, and then ultimately best movie of the decade we also got musical number and music moment in there we got plenty we got plenty to go through for you so let's start with the action scene how we uh we're gonna we're gonna give you the rundown we we obviously wanted to try our best to get a little something something from every decade but we didn't want to limit our scope to having one a decade if there were two from a decade that were that fucking good it went on there, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just that's just how it was going to be. And uh, this this is ultimately what our nominations came down to for action scenes of our entire 52 year journey through film. The trench run in Star Wars 1977. Neo becoming the one in The Matrix 1999. Morpheus vs. versus Neo in the dojo, The Matrix 1999. Saving Morpheus. The Matrix, 1999. Uh, Beatrix vs. O'Ren and Kill Bill Volume 1. That's 2003. And then Evelyn vs. Jobu Tapaki and Everything Everywhere All at Once, 2022. So, straight out the gate. Notice a pattern there a little bit. A little. There's their three. There, hmm. 
it's a little it's a little matrix heavy here. I don't think that necessarily means that the winner comes from the matrix. It just obviously means that I think the best action movie on our list is the matrix or it, I guess it's either Star Wars, Matrix, Kill Bill, or Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything Everywhere All at Once gives Matrix a run for his money. I'd say. If well, we here's, here's the best thing, action though. movie. Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't happen without the Matrix. There's so Ooh. many things. There's so many things in that movie that are directly inspired by it. You know, like whenever uh, she like jumps down the stairs and she's doing the like the same pose Morpheus does. Like that's literally a shot for shot remake of the matrix right there. And then like whenever she like first does the connection to another multiverse and she's like moving in slow-mo and she's like blocking everybody just nice and easy. Like it's, it's a direct, mm, direct yeah. okay. influence from the matrix. So I'd, I'd give the nod to the matrix just because I mean, 23 years earlier, the things yeah. they were able to achieve and obviously, this isn't for the best action movie of the decade, but it's worth talking or of the project. But it's worth talking about because I do think it's the Matrix. It was it's just too classic of an action movie and too like it's a it's almost the best live action anime of all time. And it's not even it's it doesn't find its basis in anime at all. And uh, which is fucking incredible, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, I think. I, I didn't even think about that. How obviously, I mean, coming before uh, it, uh, that Matrix really did lay the groundworks for a lot of, like, a lot of movies to come out. A lot of action, a lot of sci-fi. Like, it's a, it's a big, it, it's a big component there. Does that kind of solidify? Sadly, our first two outs coming from Star Wars and Kill Bill, though. I guess we have to look at. The scenes by themselves is what yes, we're doing. we do. We do. So yeah, it's not it's not just what what the best movie is because I'd argue, you know, Beatrix versus Oren is probably our first out, but it is a pretty fantastic fight sequence. It, it really is. It's an incredible action scene, very uh, emotionally riveting. It is the culmination of the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could say the same for the trench run in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? It is. It's the culmination of the film, you know. It's it's what it's all coming down to, and uh, that was so fucking groundbreaking, you know. For like, uh, yeah. what, what everything, what the Matrix was to everything, everywhere, all at once. Star Wars was to literally everything else. <laughs> so like, <clears throat> Star Wars was to Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's true. Okay, um, I think if I had, I think it is fair to say Beatrix or Ren is out. I don't know if I'm comfortable just saying the trench run is out yet. I can't um, I can't confidently say that because I do think I like it more than probably a couple of the Matrix, at least. And yeah. uh I wonder okay, if my favorite out of the Matrix ones is Morpheus and Neo in the dojo. But as far as action goes, saving Morpheus is by far the most action. That's out. the most. That's the pinnacle of action sequences. Uh, the the I mean, bullets the... raining, them running down the hallway, doing the flips and shit, all the way up to him leaping for a helicopter and like, and dude, that's... Ho- ho- Neo like holding him like, and then dropping him like on a building, or was that Trinity and Neo at that point? I don't know. It's crazy. So much happened there. So much fucking like, happens. Yeah. 
Uh, um, the gun wall, you know, them just getting stacked up, going through the metal ooh, detector, and then just ooh. seeing, like, th- throwing off the trench coat just to yes. unveil all the guns. Legendary. Like, um, but is that, like, so... Good action, though. You know, that, that was some, action that for is, yeah. That is some classic action. Mm. It's crazy, but Neo becoming the one might have to be the first out for the Morphe yeah. for for the Matrix, which is kind of a uh, kind of crazy because that's when he you know wakes up, stops no. the bullets, yeah, and you know Woo. does the whole one armed fighting sequence, which is epic, but uh, and mm. is arguably one of the biggest influences on Evelyn in Everything Everywhere All at mm. Once, but. Uh, Nevertheless, I do think it's a it's a okay. cool action sequence, but I don't think it's my favorite or anything. I do think that my favorite from the Matrix is Morpheus versus Neo in the dojo. Um, mm-hmm. Just as far as yeah. visuals are concerned, as far as the actual content of the scene, you know, I know it's not like an emotional powerhouse moment of the movie, but it's awesome. You know, like that's a uh, that's a really fucking cool <laughs> sequence. Uh, whenever. Like like I, I said, that I, another part that immediately yeah, yeah. Like, Neo's fighting Morpheus. Let's go, guys. Uh, again, another huge influence on everything, everywhere, all at once. There, I'm just I I can always imagine the the image of Morpheus leaping up into that like flying spider pose and then coming down on him. Mm. You think that is air you are breathing right now? I guess Man. you know that that it it was action mixed with explaining what the matrix basically was and how neo mm. can use it to his advantage you know like right, right. It, it was kind of like a a very big part of the movie and understanding the matrix like when you watch that for the first time you're kind of like you're making those realizations with him you're like oh my god yeah you're right like he can't he isn't winded you know mm. like he can't be he's only thinking he is. i don't know it was like it was really right, cool right this is actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be hard, but um, okay. now I'm I'm just I'm just thinking to myself: Is this all for not? Like, let's think about Evelyn versus Jobu Tapaki right quick. Uh, that that shit where they are punching each other and going through every multiverse as they're throwing those punches. The the sequence where they end up in the woods. With the fucking swords fighting against each other. I mean, right outside the fucking everything bagel whenever she... The empathy fight. I'd consider that a part of that that action sequence as well. As far as all these things being considered. An emotional payoff. An epic action sequence. Everything that goes with that. I don't know, man. It's hard, it's hard to touch what everything everywhere all at once does with its last... Uh, with its no. boss battle, if you will. I guess we were saying that all of these scenes basically have, have led to this moment. That the Matrix laid the groundwork yes. for, for Evelyn versus Joe, Joe Butabaki. The trench run even laid the groundwork for the Matrix to do these things. And then the Matrix, you know, having to, having to do it. And then Beatrix versus Oren, you know, it, it's kind of even the same. It's like all of these scenes combined into one is mm-hmm. Evelyn versus Joe Butabaki. Trench run, maybe not as so much. You can't really have a trench run with. But even yeah, yeah. the tension being built, the stakes. You know, the trench know. run is Jobu climbing up towards the everything bagel and uh Evelyn having to stop her before she gets there and then ultimately holding on and then having to let go, only to realize this is what she needs to do to get her daughter back. 
That might be it. Because <laughs> action isn't good just because it's cool and flashy. Yeah. It needs to actually be meaningful for the movie, too. And, like, you can have people fight just to fight. And it's it's fun. You It'll know, be it is, cool. It'll always be cool. I'll never be. Like, I'll never be like, oh, this is icky. I need sustenance. No, like uh, the reason we remember Neo and Morpheus in the dojo and Neo becoming the the reason we remember all of these isn't because of just what happens on screen. What happens is very cool, but it's memorable because it like is actually meaningful to the movie too. And yeah, Neo this, becoming the one. You have to be the one. You have to wake up. Because I love you, you know, like that's that's what I remember about that scene. Morpheus versus Neo in the dojo. I remember. You think that's air you're breathing? You know, mm -hmm. like the only two that I would say are action for action's sake are Trench Run and Saving Morpheus, which I is kind of crazy considering they the are the trench culmination run, of the movie. First thing I think of for the Trench Run is use the Force, Luke. Mm. You know, like use the Force, Luke. Um, it is there for you. He's turned off his. His computer aiming system. Oh my god! That shot was one in a million, kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think no. Yeah, I think it, if we have to choose one here, I do think Evelyn first Joby to pocket. Let's double runner up though. I'm going trench run. I'm going trench run for my runner up. It's just uh, it's just too classic. But Evelyn versus Jobu Topaki. Mm -hmm. That's my top one. I have no doubts about it. I think the trench run is a very good runner up. It's it's hard for me to say if it's the Trench Runner or Morpheus and Neo in the dojo, but I think overall I'd have to go for the Trench Runner. I've seen that way too many times, right? And right. gone back to it so much that it can't it can't not be the runner. So let's give uh, let's give everything else some love. You know, Hunting Jaws, the chase through Cairo and Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ripley and the Power Loader, defeating Mother Alien, uh, Neo versus Agent Smith in the subway. Beatrix versus the Crazy 88, King Kong versus the T-Rex, Django going unchained, <laughs> and uh, the fanny pack fight and everything everywhere all at once. We had some epic action over the course <laughs> over the course of this uh this journey through film. And uh it's crazy to think that the best of the best came in the last week. But uh Yeah. I mean the runner up came from the very one of the very first and the winner true came enough. from the very last. So true enough. There we go. There we go, indeed. But after action sequence, I say we go on over to uh, the best love scene. Mm -hmm. Let's do now, it. Now, an important distinction about this best love scene is we didn't mean purely romantic at all times. If there was any sort of love being put on display, whether it be familial, paternal, uh, fraternal, or romantic, it was gonna it was gonna get thrown on this list. It was gonna be considered. We did come to mostly romantic love scenes because uh that's just what this mostly was filled with. But there's some there's some family shit. There is certainly some family shit. So uh let's get into it. So our first is Newt calling Ripley Mom in Aliens nineteen eighty six. That's such a at the end there, whenever she's oh. You know, they've came together. You know, she lost her daughter. She lost her mom. Boom. We're a family now. I love a found family trope, man. And this is one of the, this is one of my favorites of all time, Newton Ripley. It's too, uh, it's too fucking good. Uh, we've also got Trinity kissing Neo and confessing her love. And A pairs rather nicely with the, uh, with the points I was making a little bit ago about Neo becoming the one. Uh, 
what I remember about that scene is the love from that scene. And here it is getting nominated. Um, we've got oh. J- Jamal and Latika. It was written. The end of Slumdog Millionaire, basically. Yes. The end of Slumdog okay. Millionaire in 2008. Um, fucking mm. amazing. Man, I really thought she wasn't going to make it to that phone, too. I didn't you think know? she would either. Like, they I didn't made us think, think would either. They made us think. And that's all he second. fucking needed, bro. That's all he wanted. He could have lost all the money at that point as long as he got to talk to Latika there. God damn. God care. damn, what a he movie. He didn't care about the answer. Yeah. What oh. a fucking movie. Um, it was, it was written. But uh, our next is Cooper realizing that they chose Murph over him. Uh, this is Interstellar 2014. Uh, just his whole realization that Murph is the one who is the hero, is the hero of this story, and him realizing that he was just a device to help her get there, and him being so perfectly okay with that. Um, fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic. There's there's another familial love there. But uh, our next up, we got the whole ending of La La Land. Um, now this kind of flips the love scene on its head where I'm talking that what could have been montage that they walk into the, they walk into Seb's and she sees him for the first time and is like, Oh, Oh shit. And then by the end, they're both like, you know what? We did what we had to do, bro. I love you dog, but right person, wrong time, right person, wrong time. And ain't shit more devastating than that bro that shit breaks my heart every time i was pissed after that movie for i like not pissed but i was i was just i did not think that's how it was gonna go it's not mm-hmm. how i wanted it to go you know i was i was, I, I was heartbroken along with him and and yeah it's a whole it's a different that's the op it's i don't know we got a whole spectrum of love on this on this one that's for sure mm, no doubt and we have two more oh, oh. Jonathan and Michael hugging after he tells him of his diagnosis and tick, tick, boom, 2021. Oh, man, that's uh... like he even said, like Michael even says, like, you look terrible, man. You know, like right before too, like just to lighten the mood and like just to Mm -hmm. give him like, oh, dude, like was it that hug whenever he came up to his door or was it in the office? Yeah, no, I'm thinking I'm thinking when he came to his door because this is okay. He didn't react the best in the office. Yeah. You know, yeah. he uh, he was a little, it was a little off-putting the way he reacted, a little selfish. And then, like, he goes and he sings the, uh, when I was mm. nine, I oh. And then he's like, you know what? I got to go be with my friend. And he goes back to him and it was, it's just a, God, what a fucking movie that is, dude. I absolutely love it. And then our last nominee is Evelyn and Waymond falling in love all over again and everything everywhere all at once 2022. And this is that that moment in everything everywhere all at once where they're standing straight across from each other. Uh and the light the, the colorful lights are spinning about their face. They're smiling at each other. They've realized Evelyn's realized this is the man she's supposed to be with. He realizes that she's realizing that. And he's just so happy to be there. You know, that's one of my favorite things about Wayman is that the whole time he's he's a fucking simp. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, one Wayman wasn't really though the 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 blue suit Wayman. You know, I was uh, yes. like, you know, I would have yes. I would have liked just to live a life with you in a laundromat. Yeah. You know, like that Wayman. That Wayman was uh, 
That dude was a pimp. That, yeah, woman, was, was, that woman was clean with it. But that's uh, the thing is that like it's all of them falling in love again. You know, it's like it's 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 not even just you know in all these other examples, it's just one version of themselves that's doing it. But here, mm. you have infinite. It's hard. It's hard to to put everything ever all at once against other things because man, that that movie's special, man. That like that like I can't. My dad, I've I've talked to my dad about everything, everywhere, all at once, continuously. Like hmm. when I told him about this project, I told him how everything, everywhere, all at once was kind of dominating because it's in every category. It's uh, it's my, it's it ended up being one of the highest rated movies in our entire project. It's one of the best ever. And he keeps asking me if that's recency bias, and I'm like, Dad, I really, really don't think so. Like it's it's very genuinely one of the best movies I've ever watched in my life. And you, you've just got to experience it. Um, it's so fucking good. Um, it is, it's just unlike anything. I don't know. It is, it is tough. I don't know if this, this one's tough because like, really, I think the love part of the movie I don't know. No, that 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 is definitely probably the pinnacle of love. I was th- thinking maybe the end, whenever they were all just kind of happy and mm. you know the the kiss at the the IRS building. Um, yeah, that should like adorable. them just. I don't. I don't know. It, this this one's tough. Um, I think I I do have some outs though. I can give pretty easily, which is kind of weird to say. Um, the first one that I think of actually going, which is nuts, is in Interstellar. I don't think that's the moment in the movie. That is like love. It's cute. It is cute. Love this, this moment is cute. They're like, you know, oh, you know, it's Murphy Station. He's like, ah, oh, you know, thanks, thanks, guys. It means a lot to name it mm-hmm. after me. You know, and you know, he he didn't. It seemed like he even really liked that it was named after him. But then once he heard it was named after his daughter, oh, after Murph, the the way that I interpret this. <gasps> you mean in the fourth dimension? Oh, in the fuck. fourth dimension, whenever he's like, it wasn't for me, it's for her. This this whole thing, it's one little girl's bedroom infinitely throughout time. We've got to, like... Okay, that might change some stuff. Because... And what, and, and Tars being like, and what's the key? He's like, love, Tars, love. You know, it's, it's my love for Murph, it's everything. Uh... Brand was right. It's the one thing that transcends space and time. Like, and I think about it, that was kind of, kind of like Trinity and Neo's love. Sort oh, of it is. It is a kind little like there's something different there. aspects there, but kind of like you know a. You have to, you know, you're the one. I don't know, kind of like just for the love for the other yeah. person sort of thing, and like uh. Okay, that does change stuff now. I, I don't know if I can give it the first out immediately, though, now. Um, maybe, I think, like, new Colin Ripley mom. It's adorable, but it's got to be the first yeah, out. I think, I, 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 I don't think it can. And then maybe even Slumdog Millionaire might be the next one. I, the here's ones my thing. I don't even know what I'm between really here. I think what's crazy is my top three. I think. Are Evelyn and Wayman. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and Michael. Okay. And, and Jamal and Latika. 
My thing was that uh, the the core comparison I think that has to be made for Slumdog Millionaire is the ending of La La Land because it kind of it's it's the opposite. True. The whole movie it didn't look like things were gonna work out, and then they ultimately did. Versus it looked like things were gonna work out, and then they ultimately didn't. Um, and which which you value more? Um, because I think the payoff of the end of Slumdog Millionaire is fucking crazy. I think La La Land, you know, was a great uh, a great story to tell, and it was a gr- it was a great storytelling device for them to end up to not end up together. But man, there's something to be said for the classic. They they he chased her down at the train station, and they they embraced, they kissed, they ran off with their money, and they lived happily ever after. You know, there's something there's something special about that. It was you knew. What was good. you knew from the moment that like he won that like and then you saw him in the train like it, it's like you saw him in the train station you're like okay like it's like I it, you knew what was gonna happen you know I don't know it's like even knowing what was gonna happen it it just made it even better it's like ah oh, this is literally exactly what I would want to happen here like it's 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 fulfilling everything out of the movie and then. It just ends with an epic dance number two out of nowhere. Oh, fuck like yeah. you're, you know, you're you're crying your ass off, and then it's like, all right, Jeho, yeah. and then just going off. But yeah, fuck yeah, you know what? Okay, fair enough. I'd say my and, top I, three. and I, don't, I don't necessarily want to ask what are the best scenes, you know, because if I, if we are asking that, I think that like as far as like quality storytelling is concerned, La La Land's kind of hard to beat here. Um. But I wanted to approach this back half for more of a place of favoritism rather than ob- objectivity because, you know, the whole first half of the award show was pretty objective. Let's let's loosen it up a little bit, you know. Um, okay. Then if it's favorites, my top three is probably Trinity and Neo, Cooper and Murph, and Evelyn and Wayman. Is probably my top three if I had to pick favorites. All right, all right. Um, so that, we got we got some a wide selection. Well, I mean that does leave us with the, one overlap that overlapped. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um. Yeah, you know I think. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, what I said for Slumdog Millionaire kind of goes the same for The Matrix there, you know, for for Trinity, for Trinity and Neo. And it's an epic story moment where it's like, oh, what shit, the tides brings him back. It's what brings him back. It's what makes him God mode. He finally got the got the girl. The love connection was made instantly made them just God tier. Hmm. I think also. You could say the same for everything ever all at once. Basically, just gave them what they needed to to go god mode for that movie. You could say and be just end it all, do what they needed to do, um, get to where they wanted to be. Yeah. I, I think it, it it's tough because the interstellar scene is still there too, and it being the one where he's with Tars in the fifth dimension, like that does love Tars. Like love, 
I mean, that's like watching that for the first time, dude. Ah. Uh, this is actually really hard. This one's really hard. I think I'm I'm now between two. And they are Trinity kissing Neo and Cooper and Murph. Okay, thank you. Because I was actually that's what I was gonna say. I didn't want to put Evelyn and Wayman off. But like I think actually the Matrix and Interstellar have the stronger moments here. Favorites wise too. Like mm. out of out of my favorites. Um because this is what I like out of these movies way more. And yeah. like I I think the I liked the Evelyn and, and Jobu Topaki storyline. I mean the Wayman and, and Evelyn storyline was not bad at all. Like, I'm not saying that, yeah. but like that's the stronger part of the storyline, I think, is the other side of the movie. Um but now picking between the Matrix or Interstellar. Um a father daughter i or... i don't think it could be more fitting of this podcast than for the ultimate love scene of this show there's oh damn there's a couple layers here we got keanu reeves in one of them mm-hmm. and obviously obviously our thing is our, our slogan and the theme song is peace Love and bloom and always praise Keanu Reeves. Would we do we do we make ourselves the hypocrites and go with love, Tars? Love. I don't think we can. I think it just solidifies it as the honorable mention. I think it as does the too. runner up. I think it does too. Because The Trinity and Neo, that's traditional love, too. That's, like, love between two people. That's, like, I don't know, but a, a father-daughter is also. That's timeless, too. It is. It is. There's, there's, there's some, I, I, but I think, I think a default for this podcast should be if you can't decide, you side with yep. Keanu Reeves. That's fair. And I'm, I think that's honestly a life lesson, um, as well. Not it just is. for the podcast. 100%. Just if, if ever in life you're ever in a situation, what would Keanu do? Maybe just should be um, how I live my life now. Um, no, I but, think that'd be a good way to approach any yeah. given day. It's kind but of what yeah, I no, ask I think, myself every morning when I wake up. Yeah, I uh, look at my Keanu Reeves uh, sh- shrine right next to my bed. I kneel. Of course. I praise him, obviously. I move over Naturally. to my Scooby Doo shrine. I pray yes. that the revolution stays strong and, and uh, you know, everything, obviously. And then I go on with my day, obviously, as, as we all there's, do. There's no doubt. Um, but, yeah, no, I think – no, this is – I think this is surprising because at first I was like, okay, the ones that I think we're going to be between is, like, Newton Ripley and the ending of La La Land and, and like, the – like, the – I don't know, critically, I guess, more uh, lovey, you know, and heart-strungy ones. But then we just were like, yeah. nah, dude. Nah, fuck it. Let's These have some fun. Yeah. Okay. There we go. But that does lead us to the biggest heartbreaking moments Ooh. of of the uh, of the project, and that does give us an overlap here with the ending of La La Land. You got another chance here to to pick it in uh, La La Land 2016. Uh, we also got Neil. It's just listed as Neil 
from Dead Poets Society in 1989, which is, I, I don't know if it has much contention. Uh, Ricky laying on the couch in Boys in the Hood, 1991. Never mind. Yeah. Um, no, as you keep reading these, you'll realize. Oh, oh God. Cooper watching the videos in Interstellar 2014, sobbing up in the, up in the space station. The ending of Tick Tick Boom. Uh, ooh. Brooke's mm-hmm. death in the Shawshank Redemption and Kong falling off the Empire State Building in King Kong 2005. And what's nuts, nuts is the first one out has to be King Kong. Yep. I think the only, I think the main reason we put it on there was because it was the first ever scene that made me cry in mm. anything ever. Um, I remember watching it with my sister. My sister was obsessed with King Kong. She was like, you need to watch this movie. Like, you just, you need to watch this. And I remember I, I cried. And, and it was the first time I've ever cried in a movie. And it was in front of, you know, someone else too. It wasn't even by myself. It was, right. I But uh, yeah, no, it's it's the first out here. I can't put King Kong on the same level as Neil or Ricky. Oh, like, you yeah, know. Like, on a similar, on a similar note. um. I think we might have to go ahead and rule the ending of Tick, Tick, Boom out as well. Yes, it's, I mean, like, it's so fucking devastating. Like, mm. whenever, whenever the the voiceover kicks in and she, she like, it's, uh, it's, uh, Susan, is that her name? Doing mm-hmm. the narration. She says, uh, you know, uh, in, he did it. He did the next thing, and it was Rent, and it was the longest-running show in Broadway history. And the night before it hit the stage, he died. Oh. My. God. I think, like, lost it. You think it could have actually been the stress of, like, that legitimately One, got him? 150% it's possible, because it was an aneurysm. I mean, that's... Like, I didn't think about that before. I didn't even put those two together. Like, it's probably, he was like, holy shit, this is, I, I don't, I mean, the, that's not a coincidence, I don't think. No, the night it's before, not. Well, yeah, it's, and it's an, like, it's a brain aneurysm. Those, those can be random, obviously, but they are tip, they are very commonly stress-induced. Um, Dang, I didn't, wow, okay. Man, he really worked himself to death. Like, tick, tick, yeah, tick. Jeez. Everywhere I go, I hear this. I hear this tick, tick, tick. Oh man! And then the the fucking <sighs> when he's singing louder than words, and then they cut to him at the birthday party, and he flashes the little smile, and then it's like, oh my god! And I the can't. home video too style. So it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like Kind of yeah. the real part, you know. It was like, oh shit, man. Never mind. It's back in contention. <laughs> so the only, the only one we have out is Kong, as of so far. Okay, um, the, the other one has to be the ending of La La Land. Yeah, that fucks me up every time, no doubt. But I can't, I can't confidently compare it to some of the, uh, to the like straight up just like s- serious sobs. That I'm yeah. doing at other points That's that aren't true. that aren't like a. There's no upside to a lot of, a lot of these. You know, Neil's Neil's suicide, Ricky's homicide. Uh, really, this is a competition between those two. If if we're being for real, um, 
Yeah. And Brooke's death. Brooke's death in the middle of the Shawshank Redemption just absolutely kills me. This <sighs> one is... I think it's just Neil. It's the whole movie. Yeah. It's the, culmi- it's, it's the culmination. It's... He was Whenever a, I watched it for the first time, like he was such a shine. He was just like such a shining light for all the kids at that school too. And then like for him to, for him to be the one who who dude, commits suicide, man. There's something about a mother screaming, scre- hearing screams. I guess no, we did hear screams with Neil too. That's the thing. Is that yeah? When, no, screams, like whenever like, Kurtwood like, Smith run, runs in and he's like. Uh, no, my son. No. Yeah, and then the mother, I think, screamed. Yeah, she, I think he's going to be okay. Scream. He'll yeah, be okay. Like, he's going to be okay. Oh, the that's complete, right. The complete denial oh. she was in. Yeah, like that's a that's a different that's a different kind of thing. Here's my thing. Ricky's is kind of a. It's like a. Uh, the point of it in the movie is a seemingly pointless tragedy. Like it's just, it just happens out here, mm-hmm. which has its own level of sad, no matter how you spin it. Um, they really fo- like they let you sit there with it, though. Was mm-hmm. like, I mean, the camera just sat there in the living room, and just you heard screaming, crying, just like, oh my! It was that's that's tough, like. Ah, uh, this one, this one is tough. Because like yeah. Cooper watching the videos in Interstellar, yes, I'm I ball my eyes out when I see this, but it's more no, of like I'm a happy, happy, more of a happy cry almost. You know, it is very sad, but it's like okay, he's he's seen his kids, and it's like it's fulfilling in some way. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. no, yeah, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's on the level of Neil and Ricky as far as heartbreak is concerned, but I don't get a lot of redeeming redemption out of that either like i i get mostly like oh no he was gone for three hours and his children grew up like that's fair that's that's a that's a level you're just like that's so sad it's not this because at least at least his children grew up yeah that's 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 the difference here you know what i'm saying man and and when murph is like you know, when you left, you said that we might be the same age one day, you know, and like made that oh. realization. And she's like, today is that day. Yep. I am the age you were when you left. And, uh, yeah, but these, I mean, that's, these all do suck. There's a reason they are the, the top nominations of, of every movie that we have. Man, I don't know. I think it's like right now what I'm doing is I'm looking at everyone and I'm I'm seeing if it beats Neil. Like, and the only one to give me trouble is Ricky. Is Ricky? Really? Yeah. It's no doubt. Those are the those are the two contenders here. I uh, and I can't I can't confidently put one above the other. I think that. Uh, You know, I think I'm going to I'm going to stake my claim for Ricky. Um I think Ricky is the saddest moment because and this is like this is so hard to 
hard to put into words, but like uh, the because it goes it goes for Neil as well. The promise he showed, the uh, the the potential that he had, and like that doesn't matter as far as a death is concerned. A kid dying is a kid yeah. dying, regardless of if it looked like they had a future in something or not. That's super fucking mm-hmm. sad. But uh, dude, you're I, right though. Now that I'm thinking more of like that, like it is. It's very weird to be comparing like. Okay, which the only thing that's given me solace is that they are fictional, you know, yeah, like that's that, yeah. that's it. Like Ricky, that that's the thing is that like Neil, although it is very devastating what happened, it was his own choice, and you know, although it's not the right one, it's like it is still devastating. But it was his choice to go out. He went out. Like it went out. He went out on his terms. Point. But but Ricky obviously did not want that. Like did not he, have a choice. Yeah. yeah, he did not have a choice in it whatsoever. And he had the promise to, you know, he was, he was the one that they were, ah, oh, that's just, yeah, I, I think it, I think it is. Ricky. I think it's gotta be Ricky. And, and, and that, I mean, that's the thing is that. Ricky! Neil gets the honorable mention. Like that's the, it's, it's oh, no those doubt. two for sure. So. Ah, man, that's hard. No. Yeah. Like I'd almost be more comfortable going. They, they, they're, those are just, those are tied. the, heart, those are the most heartbreaking yeah. scenes yeah. of, of the project. But uh, yeah, I, uh. And it would probably just depend on the day you asked me yeah, whether I'd I went with one or the other. Really, the only difference is that Ricky did not have any choice in the matter. It just happened. I think mm-hmm. is where if we can draw a line, that's where it would be. But like yeah. other than that, it's you can't really see the difference between them. Okay. Well, <laughs> Let's, Do we lighten uh, the mood? <laughs> I was thinking we either lighten the mood or we just we go deeper into best deaths and then come back to to lightening okay. the mood because okay. best deaths we could still we could still lighten the mood a little bit. These ones, you know, we weren't throwing Ricky and Neil in the best deaths category True. because that's that's too far. It's like okay. no, they're not the best deaths. Those are the most heartbreaking deaths. These ones, there's a little bit more like aha. That was satisfying. That was fulfilling. That was what needed to happen for this story. You know, like, uh, there's a little bit more of that going on with these deaths. So, um, first we got Don Vito Corleone in the garden with his grandson collapsing while playing with his grandson. It's exactly the kind of death you wanted for, for, for Vito. If I go that way, you know, I'd rather go in my sleep with my family surrounded by, you know, obviously in the perfect situation, whatever, than in my sleep. But like, if that's how I have to go, shit. I'm there are worse okay ways. There are worse ways to go. He 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 went out, especially the life he was living. Mm. Oh yeah, like oh. this dude lived the ideal life of a mobster. I know he yeah. got shot like five times earlier in the movie. Hey, he almost got it at the fruit the fruit stand. Uh, probably should have. Uh, but that dude's just a goat. Lived through it. Um, but no, yeah, this very satisfying there. It's he just, he just built different. Mm different but uh we also got fredo's last hail mary in the godfather part two this one's the one that one's kind of on that border of like heartbreaking but also like yeah that's where the story was heading and it was like inevitable you know that's what sucks about neil and ricky is that it was like no 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 fredo was like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and but but it's like the way they did it too they could have just shot him they could have just shot him and like took him out over the water oh dude Come on. He was going to go fishing with Michael's son, and then he, Michael was like, no, nah, you got to wait back. You got to hang back out here. Mm-hmm. And then Fredo goes out there. He says a Hail Mary, and bah. Man. 
We got another classic here. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi in Star Wars A New Hope. Framed so differently. Like, is the thing. Oh. Like, with all this new content that we're getting, it's like, you see, like, with the Leia and Obi-Wan content that we got. You know, it's like that look, that that seeing them together. And, yeah. like, him just realizing, like, ah, like... I've done what I needed to do. Yeah, I've done what I needed to do. I don't. Well, he did become more powerful. I will strike, become more powerful than you ever imagined. Yeah, <laughs> strike me down, Darth. I, man, I love man. That's what a class. Just nah. an iconic character. Um, yeah. And at first, you're watching that, and you're like, man, wow, what a what a shitty death. Honestly, like at first, you're kind of like, man, that kind of sucked. That was just really that's how we <laughs> want goes out. But then, like as you as you learn all more about star wars it just it gets better and better and better because i'd say i'd say at first like you watch that in the theater um maybe you're just like okay darth vader darth vader's just that dude and he just accepted his fate but i it might just be kind of like really that's how he went out but i guess obi-wan wasn't old he was old as fuck and like it wasn't i guess i don't know no Uh, well there's also to consider that the reason it's kind of unfulfilling for kids who have the prequel trilogy is because you watch Obi-Wan be a legend for three fucking movies, and then he dies halfway through the fourth one, and you're like, wait, and it's just like that? Like, uh, if you're just watching the fourth one, this dude drops into fucking nothing, and his fucking robes are left behind, I'm going, what the fuck just happened? That's fair. Yeah, you you meet this crazy old dude, the first time you meet him on screen, he just goes, what? Just this, just scream that scares everyone off, and then he just evaporates yep. by Darth Vader's lightsaber. Yeah, it, it would be kind of nuts, actually, for the first time, just going into that. Um, but, okay, yeah, wow, that's, that's quite the death there. There's a lot of layers There's, to that one. There is, indeed. That's three 70s nominations here, yeah. by the way. That's nuts. A lot of good deaths in the 70s, but uh, we also got, in the 90s, John Doe shot seven times in the movie Seven, 1995, by Brad Pitt. Shot by Brad Pitt. The movie's not by Brad Pitt. He's in it, though. Um, What's in the box? What's in the box? And that's so rewarding because you just... You you know that, like, the point of the movie is for him to not do that. Mm. But when you get there, you go, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you have to shoot this motherfucker. Even There's though no... he's giving him exactly what he wants. And making him the seventh yep. victim, do, writing everything perfectly for him. You know, he's going to go down in, in fame, in, in, in history for this. Mm. I am 100. I would have done the exact same thing. Oh, I, I, there's, I, w- I would like to say I could have the moral high ground to, to lock him up in a cell and have him rot forever. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I find my wife's head in the box and the kid well, right that's there. That's the way Morgan Freeman field. reacts. That's the way Morgan Freeman reacts. You know, he's, he's like, like, you don't oh. want to look, you don't want to look in here, bro. You don't want to like, do that. He's like, what's in the box? And he's like, nah, bro. No, bro. You don't want to know that. And, you know, he goes ahead and does it. And then he's like, if he needs anything, you fucking let me know because absolutely the fuck not, homie. That would not, that's not, uh, not something I'd be, I'd be much far off from doing. But, uh, mm. that, is a, that is a, yeah, we got to, we got yeah. a little, yeah, there's something about that that's, uh, it's different. I like, I like that one a lot, but, um, we got Maximus and Gladiator. That's Even a pretty, his last one. two orders. The last, then... the last orders, re- restoring the, uh, the democracy, the republic that, uh, 
Aurelius set up. Marcus Aurelius. And then him feeling the reeds. Yes. Meeting his going family again. It. Going to uh, find his wife and child. Uh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we've got Bill's five-finger heart explosion technique in Kill Bill Volume 2. What a way to end that, man. Like Legendary just, shit. Oh, ultimate. Yeah, that's and then we've nothing also he could have done. <laughs> no, took, not at all. Took not steps, at all. knew his fate. <laughs> yep, he knew what was happening. He was like, Ooh. it reminds me of the end of Black Panther whenever mm. uh, T'Challa stabs Killmonger through the stomach, and he's like, hell of a move you know he's like damn you really got my ass with that one honestly you can't even be mad man (laughs) he's like god damn man that was crazy dope but then they get that on you have like security (laughs) yeah you ought to to add that to the highlight reel homie yeah add that to Um, my what was the football huddle yeah add that to my huddle reel man But uh, the last one is Frank Lucas killing Tango in cold blood in the middle Ooh, of the street. Man, a lot of different types of deaths here. That's man, we got like Obi Wan, which is like a a self like okay sacrifice play sort of thing. You got the John Doe is like giving the killer exactly what he wants, but also like it's the culmination of the movie. And then like Frank killing T- like there's so many different types of death. yeah. There's a, there's a wide there's a wide range here. You know, I kind of consider Maximus. And vetoes kind of in the same realm, you know, like they're like, oh, and and really Obi Wan, you know, like, yeah, they went know, how they, they wanted to go. Yeah, um, they did. They, they did, did what not they the had way to exactly do. how they envisioned yeah. it, but they were very fulfilled at the very end. Yeah, they did. Life. They did everything they needed to do with their life, and they 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 went down. You know, uh, I look at uh, Bills and Fredos, and it's more. It's more in the and. Bill, John Doe, and Fredo, and it's more, mm. it's more of the same, you know, where it's like, ah, yeah, this is always where that was headed. This is what, this is what you, you thought this movie was heading towards kind of the whole time. It was kind of an inevitability. It's just kind of how they pull it off that makes it the most satisfying. And then Frank killing Tango is kind of singular. Ain't nothing like that. Homie just walked up to him and popped his ass. Walked right back in the diner, sat down like nothing happened to. What was that talking about? Pouring a little sugar and his more a little more sugar, even though he already poured like half that sugar in there beforehand. Yeah, like when yeah. he was talking to those guys before. Um, Frank's yeah, he's that was badass. Frank's I don't know. This Frank's different. Su- surprisingly, I think my top three. I don't even think Obi Wan's in there. I think it's John Doe, Frank, and Maximus. Okay, I fuck with that. I fuck with that. Uh, my my top three were John Doe, Maximus, and Obi Wan, with Frank hovering right that, out. That was my fourth. If I were to go to a fourth, it would be Obi Wan. But my top two is John Doe and Maximus. I think that's for sure. Those are the two I went to. Like, okay, these deaths. You have one hand on one that's very satisfying. Very like he got. You know, he's very happy. He's with his family. He gave his last two orders out that that restored order. It was all beautiful. Killed, Com- you know, Commodus is dead, laying over on the ground, just mm. like trash. It was awesome, like cool. But then, you, on the other hand, you have like, no, I don't want him to do this. But at the same time, God damn, I want him to blast his face off. Yeah, you know, I want like, him to. Put how, you have no choice in, in the matter, and it being seven bullets, it him becoming the seventh. It's like the whole. The whole movie's coming together right there. It reminds me of this. 
the Sopranos in episode, I think it's like episode five. It's called like college or something. It's whenever yeah. Tony's taking Meadow on tours of colleges. And while he's up there, he finds a rat and he, he takes it upon himself to strangle him to death. There was this argument that David Chase had, the, the showrunner for The Sopranos had with executives at HBO who were like, he shouldn't do this. Like, we shouldn't put this on screen. And David Chase was like, no, he literally has to or the audience will not respect him. Like, as far as the principles of Tony Soprano and what this show has put forth for people, he has to kill this guy here or else it's unforgivable. And I kind of view the same thing happening with Brad Pitt in seven where it's like oh you like you gotta kill this guy you can't you can't not i know it's what he wants but you you have to do it there's dude was dead anyways that's the thing yep. is like yep. he's either dead in prison or he's he's getting the death sentence like i'm wait what state were they in new york this man's fucking dead he's dead it's it well yeah he's he's but this is how he had to go right here yeah this is seven the- shots yeah, um, the, the Brad Pitt was the only one who could have killed him there. That's the only mm-hmm. guy who would have been satisfied killing him. Like, if, yeah. it, if it can you imagine the movie ends with like he spent twenty five years in prison and finally died by lethal injection in the year blah blah blah. You know, like <laughs> like really, you know, like okay, no. Um, can you imagine a a, a little scene uh, right after that where uh, like they they show like the what happened next and it like flashes Brad Pitt like in in court and they're like yep they didn't indict him because he's a cop boop movie over yeah dang i don't know i think that's the the crazy thing is is that's the one we talked about the most immediately and i think it just is i think it's the winner like i yeah i'm i i'm between john doe and maximus because i want to remind us of what the ending of the gladiator did for the entire movie that's true it made um it made the movie and you know there is there is levels to that it is the fight beforehand with uh with joaquin phoenix's commodus but him returning to the the field of wreaths and like uh him being satisfied to be there the the images he'd seen of it throughout the entire movie and finally getting to walk into it man like i don't know that's these are two different types of satisfying deaths here. One where your protagonist is going out in a heroic, epic way, and one where your, your protagonist is, mm. you know, diving into the depths. I don't... Ooh. Because if you take that out of the movie, Gladiator is not the movie that it is. And that is... I guess I you say take the same John Doe. Yeah, that's fair. It really did wrap the movie up completely. Like the movie. I was think good. you're right. I was just trying to give Maximus a run for and his money. But that's the thing. He's two in the whole thing. Like he's above Don Vito. He's above Obi Wan Kenobi. He's above Frank killing Hank. Like that's the thing. Is that that if it's kind of like the uh, Neilan um, and Ricky sort of thing it's like yeah. depending they're, on what day you ask me if they're I'm one two it. though they're yeah. one two yeah okay. all right well then best death of the project goes to john doe getting shot seven times mm. it's what we longed for it's what we needed it's what we got um but that brings us to a lighter side of things and the funniest scene 
of go. the 52 year journey through film. And these are, uh, these are all pretty fucking outstanding. Uh, we start in the nineties <laughs> with good fellas. My funny, my funny, like a clown. What do you think? I'm, what do you think? I'm fucking funny. No, you know, it's the way you say that you're a, you're a, you're a funny guy. Oh, funny like a clown. I'm supposed to amuse you. Is that what it is? Fucking love Joe Pesci in that. Outstanding. Who was outstanding Joe Pesci talking to? Was it Ray Liotta? Ray Liotta. Thank, Thank you. Hill. Thank yes. you. I love like Ray Liotta's laugh. Like the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah, like the laugh. And then like how it slowly gets like uh, less and less, like more awkward, you know? More like, nervous. Laughing, like, yeah, more nervous. And like, oh, dude, like that scene. God, everyone it's, around it's so, everyone around just like sitting there like oh no uh, it's so oh, awkward no. and funny at the same time like you feel the awkwardness in the air and you're like oh you're kind of cringing while watching it but you're also like just like this is fun and it's more funny if you know if you've seen it you know like it's it's yeah. not it's not like uh first watch you're you, kind of like oh damn first like, watch you're kind of like oh no this is fucking tense what's going on here and then it's more revisiting revisiting it where you're like oh yeah this is this is pretty fucking funny now um Next up, we've got a we got a few dumb and dumbers. Uh, we got uh, Lloyd's dream sequence in Dumb and Dumber, where he uh, fights the guy and rips the dude's heart out. Talks to all of her family and makes them laugh. And uh, it's woken I mean, up by being flashed um, yes. with the headlight tits. Um, yes. Yes. Let's see. Was anything else happening there? Yeah, it's the restaurant when he's on the date. Mm. with with her and then it turns into the samurai or ninja yeah. fight between yeah. him and the chefs i'll always remember the part where he's sitting there with his with her family telling them a bunch of jokes he like farts the flame uh super fucking funny uh he like throws the peanuts in his face and is like nom 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 you know like that's so like it's so fucking stupid he does the thing where he reaches at someone's chest and like swipes up and swipes their nose and he's like ha and everyone's just dying of laughter and it's ridiculous like that's a pretty funny fucking scene you know um, I, I was talking the other day with someone and i don't know if it is but i struggle to find another movie and it might just be Step Brothers, but like I, I don't think there's a better comedy movie ever than Dumb and Dumber. I, I think it's the best com- comedy movie of all time. It's, it's, it's gotta be up there. It's just skits over and over and over the whole well, movie, but with a, with a storyline. Like it's, and with it's, seven and with seven nominations here. Yeah, it has three. Of it them. has three of them. It has almost had them. almost had more. I think as well. Oh, it easily could have had more. Um, we just our uh, pets' heads are falling off. Got eliminated. Um, and, our pets' yeah. heads are falling off. But uh, we do have some pretty fucking funny ones here. We got Harry versus Mary snow fight, where Harry just beams Mary with the fucking snowball Bro, and then like, holds her face down in the too. snow. I mean, they are like so close to each other when he throws that at her face. Like, I mean, loads back to you're like, holy shit. And then just, oh man. God. Dude, it's such a fucking funny movie. And then uh, the last Dumb and Dumber nod is the cop drinking Lloyd's piss out of the beer bottle. <sighs> Get the hell out of here! Pull over! Pull over! It's a cardigan, but thank you! Uh, man, and the little like twitch, the, the, like the, he starts twitching. Oh, dude. Oh. That move, that movie. I don't know. It's it's my favorite comedy movie of all time. Kicking back a little bit of Grandpa's old cough syrup, are we? 
Oh, no, sir, you, you don't want to. Sir, you don't want to drink that. Oh, I'll then like the. The oh, hell out of here! Fucking didn't legendary. even. Didn't, that's the thing. Didn't even want to bring him into the station because then he'd have to. He'd have to explain everything that happened. You know, everyone would ha- would know what would happen. You know, exactly. had to just let him go. Exactly. Couldn't couldn't do anything else. Gosh, and this category is just dominated by '90s. Five from the '90s, uh, <laughs> with the last '90s one being uh, from Pulp Fiction. Ah oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Um, is that the only thing from Pulp Fiction that has a nomination? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe. Maybe I, monologue, ensemble I think cast. He had, he had a nomination for his, um, his got, monologue, but I, I think we eliminated it. It ended up um, getting nom for ensemble cast. Okay, and fair enough. That's that's really the only two things I can't take out of Pulp Fiction. Is like, yeah, the cast was cool, and this moment was pretty funny. Uh, him shooting Marvin in the face, um, mm. and him just being so casual about. It. He's like, oh man. Like, dang it, I shot him in the face. Like, now we're going to have to clean up this car, and, like, we got blood all over us, and it sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this, um, I don't know, I remember, like, I think it was kind of the only time in the movie, I like, this made me actually, physically, like, laugh out loud the first time It's I saw the it. only, like, it's the only enjoyable part of the movie in and of itself, you know, like, uh. There, Man, there's so much that about movie this... held in such high esteem. I don't know. Like it's a series. It's a series of similar to Dumb and Dumber, but not funny. It's a series of skits, but some of them aren't funny. It's just, it's just a scene where nothing comes of it and everything's just happening, and you're kind of like, oh my god. It's like okay. all out of time to just to give you a twist that they're all in the restaurant at the same time. You know, it's like maybe that that was maybe another nom that I got that plot twist there. Um, all of them beat, but I think it got eliminated even. Um, that too. So like, it's like the payoff wasn't even really that cool. You know, it's like no, I don't know. But at least shooting Marvin in the face was was funny. Um, sorry to Marvin. Oh man, oh Marvin. man, I shot Marvin in the face. Yeah, poor Marvin. Marvin just... actually played uh, the guy who played Marvin goes went on to play like the the Pike boss in the book of Boba Fett. The the guy the guy who was like uh who like ran the criminal syndicate. No shit. Yeah. Wow. What a through line there. Yeah. Um from backseat head exploding to Pike Boss. Yeah, Phil Lamar. Bunch of voice acting, very talented guy. But sick. Uh as far as oh, we got we got a couple more though too. I forgot. Mm. Um Jonah Hill and the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio being like, so I hear, I hear these things, you know, I hear things. It's, it's kind of, you know, like, like you, like, like you married your cousin or something. Did you marry your cousin? He's like, nah, 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 nah. I mean, yeah. So I married my cousin. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, no. But like, aren't you concerned about, aren't you concerned? Nah, nah. You know, I mean, like, uh, she, she a second sec, she a second cousin or anything. I mean, I, I, she, so her father, is my mother's brother. <laughs> we grew up together and all my friends were always hitting on her and stuff. And I was like, I, I mean, if anybody's going to fuck my cousin, it's going to be me. She grew up hot. If anyone's going to fuck he, my cousin, it's going to be me. 
the way he just denies it at first, but then immediately goes into oh, explaining exactly, exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, like, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. No, of course, of course not. But, but yeah, no, I fucked my cousin. Yeah, no, I mean, she grew up high. Of course, I fucked my cousin. Um, Literally fucking ridiculous. And it's just the, the teeth, so too. Of his teeth. Oh. His, his, like, the, the voice. It's everything, you know, like, man, that, that, definitely the, I, I think we said, like, it's the funniest moment of the movie. Oh, no um, doubt. No doubt. And, I don't know, I was thinking Dumb and Dumber was gonna be, like, the, the ones I was that one between, gives, but that, that one gives every scene a run yeah, for its money. That's, that one, that's, that's, that's actually strong. Okay. And we do have one more. It's Rakakuni and everything everywhere all at once. Uh. <laughs> and there are a couple ways we could take this. It could be the, uh, she's seen too much. And then he like controls him to try and kill her. Or it could be whenever they're sitting out, uh, on You're the curb. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that uh, one's also really moving, which is kind of yeah. crazy because he is doing the most absurd, ugly cry you've ever seen in your life where he's like, he was my everything. He was my best friend. He taught me everything <laughs> I know. Before him, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know how to boil an egg. You had Rakakuni in the back of the truck in the cage, like, no! Like, as the truck's just, like, leaving, and then Evelyn literally chucking him onto the truck to get, like, to get him back. Her jumping up on his shoulders and doing it like it's Rakakuni. Fucking legendary shit, man. Hmm. That one has a lot more going for it besides comedy, though. I think it will have to be our first out, but it is so funny. (laughs) So funny. Um, I think wow. I think it's actually between it's it's going to be between Donnie Azoff and probably one of the Dumb and Dumber ones, but I don't know which one of the Dumb and Dumber ones I want to choose. Yeah, I think I think my gut goes to the cop drinking Lloyd's piss, <laughs> and it is kind of early on in the movie too. Yeah, um, well, and it's coming straight off of that scene where they where Jim Carrey actually finesses the dudes at the diner and puts everything they ordered on their tab. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's You're pretty right. fucking that's funny. The one, that's the one out of Dumb and Dumber. So is it piss beer or not? Nah, fuck yeah. Well, what's even crazier is I think immediately following this sequence is the dream sequence. Like it's a it's a chunk of the movie in the middle wow, that's just yeah. fucking nuts. That's just oh my god, I can't stop laughing. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I Dang. shot Marvin in the face. What the fuck did you do that for? I mean, I didn't mean to do it. The way that they're so just cat, like it's so cat, like it, like it's like an inconvenience. It's like ah, damn, damn, ah, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Oh, no, I mean that one's not being a contender. I don't think, but it's so fucking funny. That's why it's nominated. Um, I don't know, man. Donnie Azoff's is pretty good. Donnie Azoff's is pretty fucking funny. Like, as far as... Funny scene, just singular scene, I think it goes to Donnie Azoff, but, like, Dumb and Dumber is just a funnier movie than Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I can nope. kind of, like Dumb and Dumber is just that funny the whole time, is what Dumb and Dumber is. Um, and, like, the, even more scenes from Dumb and Dumber that you can pick, like, like just oh, small little so things, like him on. having the extra pair of gloves. Like, oh yeah, you want this extra pair of gloves? And then like, or him pissing on him and being like, nah, just go, man. Like oh, man. they're freezing. He just pisses on him. Like, there's so many moments in that movie. The them getting their suits. The we landed on the moon. 
that's great. You know, like he, he like just, learn, just learning about the moon landing. Yeah. Uh, you see, like, it's a newspaper that's framed as, like, it, like, in a historic bar, too. And he's like, oh, landed on the moon, you know, and as he's just walking, like, oh, my God. Yeah, just... When he fucking kills the, the, the birds at the, uh, at the gala. Yeah, the, the endangered, like, and, and the way that they're like, these guys are, are perfect. They're flawless. They're, they execute their, how are they doing this? You know, what, they're everywhere. They know to the everything. Gas, you know, to the gas, like, man. How do they know I have gas? <laughs> oh, man. They're so dumb that they're just genius. Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most annoying yeah. sound of all time. One of the most annoying noise of all time. And he just starts just screaming, like, at the top of his lungs, like, uh, oh. Putting the, I mean, the rat poison I, instead of his his you know medicine, or giving him rat poison instead of his medicine to kill the dude, you know, because he's having that reaction to the pepper, you know, all the hot peppers that he ate. Yes, um, no, I think you're right, though. I think you're right. I do think this goes to Donny Azov. I think mm-hmm. it does. It's the fun. It's the funniest scene. It's the funniest scene. You know, and yeah. I think another thing we can give. Martin Scorsese a little credit for is two of these are Martin Scorsese directed scenes. Mm. Um, the, uh, the good fellas, the good fellas in the Wolf of Wall Street one, because he has such a knack for this, like super fucking casual comedy. Mm. That's it's so, it's so fucking funny, but it's just so perfectly in character for the, for the characters. Of, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so I fuck my cousin. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, she if anyone's gonna fuck my cousin, it's gonna be me. Naturally, I mean, I and guess. who can and who can forget yeah. Ace Ventura, Gluck Gluck, Spin Master, Supreme XL Plus, Limited Max, featuring the Grapefruit oh, Technique, dude. Yeah, Indy shooting the swordsman was pretty good. The Nazi monkey. Um, who can forget the Nazi monkey? I'm not drunk enough to get on a boat. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah so we had some had some good moments. Shaggy, obviously, ripping ass in the vase. Um, Never forget. <laughs> I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? She's tired from fucking my father. <laughs> that that out of out of that movie that dig dig ding dingham or dignum dignum however dignum. you say it he he was pretty funny but Donnie Azoff no nah, takes the cake I think for for the funniest man I guess of of had the funniest moment it was of, too fucking funny yeah. man it was too fucking funny or, I mean, but the, her, yes no I hi- yes. I highlighted them wrong copied them wrong um. I think we but got yes. it right. I think we got it right. But uh, with that, let's go on to let's do the music stuff. Mm. Yeah, we got best music musical number, number or music. Let's start with musical number and then do music moment. So musical number, we got nothing but tick tick boom. <laughs> it's a bunch of tick tick boom yeah. musical numbers. Uh, we got thirty ninety boho days Sunday. Louder than words, come to your senses, why and therapy. So we're basically deciding what tick tick boom song is the best. Oh, and ju- not just that, but the visuals that were provided alongside it. Um the For choreography me, music, and everything. The, musical number. Oh, dude, fuck. How? Cause Sunday in the diner 
Sunday. When, when everybody pushes the wall down and yeah. then everyone's all together. Holy In shit. The blue silver chromium diner. You have like that where it's like the dreamscape sort of thing, but then you ah, also have like brilliant. Like come to your senses where it's and then you like um Susan starts singing, you know? Like well, and there's it. also the fact that the whole movie they've been talking about how his superbia play needs a second act showstopper by the female lead. And then that's the first time you hear her sing on stage on screen is the second act show stopping female lead doing a musical number. It's like, Oh, Oh my God. What a fucking, Oh, that was fucking brilliant. And it is, it's also a little bit of a dreamscape thing because it's happening while he's at the superbia workshop watching mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens sing okay. it. But yeah. All he sees up there is Susan and he's like, uh, and it's taking him back to the night of boho days when she's in that little green dress because that's what she's wearing when she's singing it. And he's remembering her and that with the prison barge in the background. And like, he's like, oh, like that's come to your senses is a special one, man. Like that's a. I think that might be the top top one right now. I think it might be easier to go from the bottom and eliminate because it, it's because like come to your senses Sunday louder than words. Like it's hard for me to be like, okay, yeah, putting one above, but like I think yeah. like like boho days, it it, it was very, yeah, you know, I love it's one it's that electric. I actually listen to, yeah, the mo- one of the songs I listen to the most out of all of them. Um, even got the the douchey, um, the, that was awesome. Oh my god, um, and, you know, but I don't think it it can stack up to, um, come to your senses or louder than words or even sunday so i think i think it's i could say that it's it might be the first out for me well and it's interesting Uh, too because i'd say that why louder than words and 3090 all kind of fall into a similar category mm. where it's mostly him sitting at a piano but it's intercut with things that are important you know like uh why isn't doesn't he have the he's at the piano and the outside at the amphitheater? It's raining. raining. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. Okay, shit. Thirty ninety is what's that in our cup? Because that's at the very beginning of the movie. that kicks off the movie, but it's him talking to Susan at the beginning in like the library and bookstore, okay. uh, where he's like making his way through, and uh, she he's like I, I put in my two weeks. She's like you just quit, and he's like no, I mm. put in my two weeks. Um. Mm. I think 3090, the strength of 3090 is the song itself, I think, there. Yeah. That that song just fucks. Like, um, that's what's carrying 3090, not necessarily the visuals and no, the, yeah, 100%. The, what's happening on screen. So maybe that's because the winner here is going to have all of it. It's going to have the good song yeah. and what's happening on screen and everything. So I think, like, maybe that's even a way just for us to to eliminate if it doesn't have one of those aspects we can just say it's it's kind of out okay then i think i think the first three out have to be 30 90 boho days and why yeah and that's great <laughs> crazy um but okay sunday louder than words come to your senses in therapy because therapy therapy that's like that's my sleeper right now bro i know uh, and we like, didn't have it at first we no. put it, we we had something else in there i think we even might have slipped in a, a lava land yeah um another day of sun maybe is the one we slipped in i think so is that it um 
but then we're like, no, how did we miss the? It's the fucking, it's the fact that we see Vanessa Hudgens and Andrew Garfield doing this like perfectly choreographed thing going on on stage. And it's intercut between this huge fight between Susan and Jonathan and like, uh, the way that he's like, uh, he like taps her shoulder when they hug and she's like, no fucking way. Are you trying to figure out how to write this into a song? And you're like, well, yes. Yes, we're literally watching uh, it play exactly out. exactly what is happening, and I'm sorry, but yes. Um, I feel bad that you feel bad that I feel bad that you thought I should go drop dead. It's the equivalent of a SoundCloud rapper recording his voicemail of his girl <laughs> going off on him, or the phone call of his of his girl going off on him. If I um, were you and I done what I done, I'd do what you did when I gave you the ring. I haven't said what I said. Yeah, just it's completely not... like make like facading oh, and the like song the, the and going, like, the like... Upbeat, and it's like it's not upbeat at all. You know, it's like, that's the thing is that like, they're doing the fake smile thing the whole time they're performing it. Like, yeah. Yeah. The subject at hand is not happy banjo. You know, I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad. Like that's such a, like if you've ever been in a relationship and that relate, like, and it's a, it's a generally good relationship. You happen to get into a, happen to get into a little bit of a spat mm. and you're both so nervous about making the other upset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad. Like that's exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like uh, and they even go into like more. They they change it up every now and then. Like every um, I don't know what yeah. they call it. First, they like switch it. It's like mm. um, about like what you said about, about what, what I said, said about yeah. what you what said, I and said how I would react what... to how you reacted to me reacting. Of you know, like it's all just like oh, it's all God. just a convoluted web. And okay, I think my top three. I think therapy's in there, but. That's the thing is that like the song itself of therapy, I don't know if it could stack up with the song itself of like Sunday louder than words or come to your senses. Yeah, I don't um, think I, I don't think it stacks up song wise. But um meaningfulness of the movie and even what's happening on screen, even though it is very simple, but it is intercut with like the actual relationship. Um and like Vanessa Hutchins and stuff. Um, hmm. Okay. I don't know. Sunday is one of my favorites. That's the one I'm actually like coming back to. Sunday the is uh, Sunday is the is the pinnacle of musical numbers in this movie. I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that it's the winner for me. Uh, okay. Wow. I was I was wondering if you're on the same page because I was like because Come to Your Senses is like fucking brilliant it's a great song and it's so meaningful and it's so moving but as far as like the musical number part of it there's nothing as satisfying as the the choreography of sunday in this and the the same thing goes for louder than words it's like yeah it was cool but there's only so much i can get out of him sitting at the piano you know um sunday just it breaks it had had everything it breaks the wall it literally breaks the like fucking fantastic sunday in a blue um, silver chromium diner. I guess that leaves us s- selecting one runner-up, though. Um, I'm gonna give my runner-up to Louder Than Words, just because of how much I fucking love that song. You know, Happy like it's 
birthday to you. And ending with that, like, come, come bum, on, dude. Bum, 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 bum. Ah. Uh, I, I love, I love how it is all tick, tick, boom. Yes. It all had to be. It all had to be. Well, I guess that solidifies Tick, Tick, Boom as the best musical number movie of our project, without a doubt. Yep, uh, the best musical. The best musical. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty confident we can, can say With that. that, we go on to best music moment, mm. which is less so musical number based and more what the score was doing for us in any given moment. And there's some that kind of break that mold, and you'll see, but... uh we start with Star Wars 1977, Luke looking out over the twin suns uh, with that gorgeous music swell there. What's that song called? Uh, ooh. Uh-oh. Let's find out. No, I'll, be able to, I'll be able to find it. I think it might be a good, um, a good thing to listen to all of these, like, while we talk about them, to put us in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Ben's death and TIE fighter attack rescue the princess. Nope, nope. The return home, maybe? The return home. Yep. Is it? No. I, I think. think. <laughs> it's fun, but it's, it? it's that moment where the music swells there as he's looking out over the, uh, as he's looking out, rescue of the princess. It's after his parents die. Yeah, it's whenever he returns. It, it is when he returns home, right? Is that. Yeah, yeah, it's he the return home. home. He, but where is it in the song? I can't find the. Like I'm scrubbing through the song, I can't find like the moment. Is that the end? Maybe when he's looking out. No. I don't know. Maybe it's just like not actually in the soundtrack. You know, no, it's it like is. we found this the other day. The princess appears. Two minutes and thirty seconds in. Ah, yep, there it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Copyright infringement can come from my ass. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> um. No, but yeah. So the princess oh. appears in uh, in Star Wars when Luke's looking out over the twin suns. We got Indy's hero moment with uh, with an audience on looking. Uh, it's pretty much just the classic Indy theme. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. is dun, dun, we couldn't. Dun, I remember we looked forever dun, for dun, this one. Dun, 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 dun. I think we agreed on this one that it is just his his main theme just put into the part. We couldn't find it in the soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. even though we couldn't even think of exactly what part of the movie it was from. We just knew that he was, like, being seen by people running along something and them cheering. Like, yeah. No, it's, either- when, it's when he's fighting. He's going on the boat. And yeah, there are people on a nearby boat that are like, yeah, get their ass, Indy. Yeah, woo. It might be Cairo, though. The whole city of Cairo being like, yeah, Andy's our hero. Like, when he's leaving Cairo, maybe? Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. But, okay. I think that automatically rules it out, though. Um, <laughs> That's fair enough. We've also got two Italian ladies 
from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Andy sitting back in the office, just like. Yeah, and this is the one that breaks the mold a little bit for uh, what the 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 point of this category is. You know, this is truly a music moment where everyone in the uh, in the prison bonded for a few minutes over the uh, over the voices of these two Italian ladies. Mm. I almost, I'm glad I don't know what they're saying. I like <laughs> to think that what they're saying is too beautiful for words to comprehend. Like. Fucking beautiful. That moment. monologue right there was too beautiful for words to comprehend. Morgan mm. Freeman. Dude just has a way Morgan with words. Freeman. But, okay. Uh, Some strong moments so far. And next we got Uh-oh. when they see the dinosaurs for the first time in Jurassic Park. That's the classic uh, Jurassic <laughs> Park theme. John Williams. John Williams. Got three John Williams so far. Which makes That'll sense. be it. That'll be it. But uh-huh. got some Hans Zimmer. Got a Hans uh, Zimmer next with Interstellar's emergency docking and burning of the crops. This is the uh, this is a pretty classic one here. Oh, oh, it's like the bit the most swell too. Like, oh, dude, I gotta find the song on this one. Um, do not attempt to dock. Do not attempt. To, like, it's like, Whoa! oh, okay, dude, it's, it's fucking fantastic. Um, Coward? No, detach maybe? No, that's when he goes into the black hole. Maybe it's coward. Yeah. Yeah. Coward uh starts around five thirteen, I think, is whenever it's like starting to build. Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's different. Oh, go to like six forty. Um, whenever it starts to do this, oh, Hans Zimmer is something. He's, hmm. <laughs> oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, in in the what's happening on screen, like you have, I mean, an absolute insane space sequence going on, and then you have Murph back on Earth. Like with with a, a just a family story too happening at the same time. Like it's like so much is happening here. The score, God, is like, yeah, that's ooh. a that's this, okay. a great fucking music moment, man. That's a that's up there. That's up there. But mm. does leave us with two La La Land options with Planetarium. This is the soundtrack to their first kiss in the Planetarium and Mia and Sebastian's theme. Don't sleep on the Planetarium because. That's like the moment in the movie is beautiful. The visuals are, I guess it's more of kind of like, no, it's not a number. I mean, it's like, um, it's a number without lyrics. Like there, yeah. it's still choreographed. Yeah. It's still fantastical, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, because of its lack of lyrics, I decided we could, uh, shoo it into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. I'm between between interstellar Luke. And probably Jurassic Park, because that's like, you, that's one of the most iconic music moments ever in movie history, I'd say. Oh, 100%. But I uh, I can't in good conscience give this to anything besides Luke looking out over the Twin Sons. Okay. That's, uh, that's the... That is the music swell. That is the scene. Like, people... 
you remember that, you know, that's, that's one that sticks with you. And I think that interstellar will probably get my second, my honorable mention for this. Thank you. Yeah, I had, I had to, it was either that or Jurassic park. Um, but I, I want to give, uh, John Williams and Hans Zimmer, their respective, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their respective kudos or yes, props or props. Something along the line, respect. Yes. Maybe that works well, but there we go. We got the old, got the new. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And with that, let's go to best ensemble cast. Okay. The last mention of Pulp Fiction? Possibly? Yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. Best ensemble cast. We got The Wolf of Wall Street in 2013. The God. Goodfellas in 1990, Pulp Fiction in 1994, Goodwill Hunting in 1997, and Django Unchained in 2012. Oh, and The Big Short in 2015. Mm. Okay. Mm. So Wolf Wolf of Wall Street. You got Leo, Jonah Hill, um, uh, got Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Margot Robbie. It doesn't exist. It's not real. It never fucking landed. Rob Reiner, John Bernthal, John Favreau, Kyle Chandler, Kristen hey. Milioti. Yeah, okay. that's uh, that's, that's different. Nuts. That's, that's different. Nuts. It's a different level. It was the first one we gave a nod here, um, and with reason. But The Godfather, yeah. you got Al Pacino, Marlon Brando, James Caan, Diane Keaton, Robert Duvall. It's a different it's a different kind of classic, you know what I'm saying? Like the Wolf mm-hmm. of Wall Street probably resonates with us more on a personal level because these are the actors that we've grown up with, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Godfather's kind of the generation or two prior. Mm-hmm. Um Goodfellas, you got Bob De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Bracco. I mean, hard to go wrong there as mm-hmm. well. Um Pulp Fiction, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Uma Thurman, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, Who's Abomination? Um, oh, Tim Roth, yeah. yeah. Tim Roth is in there too. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. I always forget. I always forget. I guess uh, not on the, the A list level of, of like Samuel L. Jackson and, and you know, Bruce Willis, I, I guess. Not but quite. Not quite. He's but still, 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 still worthy of a mention. Yeah. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams, Stellan Skarsgård, Mini Driver. Uh, pretty pretty crazy cast there. Underrated, I think. Easy to look over in this one. Um, Django Unchained, Leo, Samuel Sammy L. Jackson, Jackson. Jamie Foxx, uh, Christoph Waltz, Carrie uh, Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Carrie Washington. Man, that's a. These okay. are fucking hard. This is harder looking back on it than I remember. Uh, the Big Short, Steve Carell, uh, Ryan Gosling, Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, and crazy that with four A listers like that, The Big Short's probably my first easy yeah. out. Yeah, it's probably the first out. I'd say for sure. I think, and um, like the the ones I'm between, um, that I think it's without a doubt is like Wolf of Wall Street, Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say those are de- definitely the top two. The others that could give it a run for its money is maybe actually Pulp Fiction. Like if I if I have to give something for Pulp Fiction, like Uma Thurman, Samuel L. John Travolta, um, Bruce Willis. Not not on Wolf of 
Wall Street level, though. Actually, really, even nah. But what 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 I think we get the best of both worlds between that Wolf of Wall Street and Pulp Fiction thing is when you cross over into Django. Okay, Leo, Samuel L., Jamie Fox, Christoph Waltz, and uh, Kerry Washington. The Wolf Those of Wall first... Street's nuts, though. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street's nuts. Leo, Jonah Hill, Matthew McConaughey, Margot Robbie, Rob Reiner, John Favreau. It's the one I keep coming back. Yeah, to, I mean, like it was the first one we listed. Every time we talked about best ensemble cast, we kept coming back to Wolf of Wall Street. It is Wolf of Wall Street. I have no doubts about it. I think it, that's that's okay. I think the more interesting pick here is the runner up. Um, like who is the runner up here? I think is the the more interesting question because the Wolf of Wall Street for us, I think is it's the shoe in pick here. Just it's what we're growing up with, and this is all favorites too, anyway. So it's like. We're probably going to go with the the newer movie that's that has the most people, um, but runner up wise, I think it's between like Godfather, Pulp Fiction, and Django. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I think, uh, but I think Godfather. You're looking at that Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, James Caan, Diane Keaton. That's a crazy top four. Yeah. Like that's a crazy top four bill. I think it's got to be Godfather for that's honorable fair. mention. That is fair. I mean. Marlon Brando and Al Pacino alone is uh, kind of enough, like mm. in itself. Like, or maybe even just Marlon Brando by himself. Um, that's all I need, really. All I need out of that is just. I don't uh, need just, much more than that. Just, just, just Marlon Brando uh, gives him the the nod enough. Um, mm. But okay, yeah, I think no, but Wolf of Wall Street's just different, different for us. Especially, but yes, yes, it is. But with that, let's head to best book movie, best mm-hmm. movie based off a book. And you'll find that a lot of the greatest movies of all time are based off books. The Godfather by Mario Puzo, The Shining by Stephen King, Goodfellas by Nicholas Pileggi, Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton, Shawshank Redemption by Stephen King, Slumdog Millionaire, and Jaws. All based off books so this is a kind of a precursor i feel into like the best movie uh discussion we will have later at the kind of like the very very end Um, yeah i wanted to space them out good little precursor here because this only includes the book movies of you know we're basically deciding what's the best movie out of these nominations Mm -hmm. um and these they just so happen to be based on a book yeah exactly Um, so that being said, I think there is. I think there's two. two. I think there's there's two. There's it's there's Shawshank two. and The Godfather. And do you go classic Godfather or do you go Cl- classic Shawshank? Yeah, I guess it is still classic. Yeah. I mean, um, it's just it's a matter fun. of what you're preferring to watch. You know, I uh, I do think those are the top two. I have I have no doubts about it. I'm not going to lie. I would watch Shawshank Redemption probably eight times out of ten over Godfather. No kidding. All right. I respect it. i, I got to be in a mood to watch Godfather. It's, that's true. That's true. Um, not that, you know, and it, it's it, – Shawshank is also also lengthy. So that's, that's like not a – you can't really be like, oh, well, Shawshank's not even – they're both they're both just long movies. You got to sit in for them. But uh, I – Shawshank is 
it's different for me at least. I don't know. I don't know if Shawshank is hard hard for me to put a lot of any movie over over Shawshank. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, the only ones that's ever given it a run for its money for me really is is stuff like The Godfather. So that's why it was uh that's why it's hard for me. But uh I'm perfectly cool with going Shawshank as the winner here. Mm-hmm. I think Shawshank at one, Godfather at two. I think that's uh I think that's sound. Hmm. I'm seeing if I jumped the gun too fast. But I don't think I did. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like that's the thing. These are all great movies. The Shining, Goodfellas, Jurassic Park, Slumdog Millionaire, and Jaws fucking amazing movies Shawshank and the Godfather are just two of the single greatest movies ever made and I just I think that's just kind of how you gotta look at it I guess fair enough I dig I get behind I it as well it is what I said at first I guess I gotta I gotta stick by my opinion so that leaves us with best monologue mm-hmm. best plot twist best ending and best movie of the decade. So let's do monologue. Decades. Really get this. Uh, really get this going. Mm-hmm. So our first nomination for monologue goes to Don Corleone in The Godfather Part One. And I will read these monologues for you. Um, obviously, I won't be able to bring the uh, panache mm-hmm. that the actors brought to the table, but. Uh, that doesn't mean I can't try. Oh, you'll do him justice. Yeah. So Don Corleone. You talk about vengeance. Is vengeance going to bring my son back to you or my boy to me? I forego the vengeance of my son, but I have selfish reasons. My youngest son was forced to leave this country because of this Salazzo business. All right. Now I have to make arrangements to bring him back here safely cleared of all these false charges. But I'm a superstitious man. And if some unlucky accident should befall him, if he should be shot in the head by a police officer, or if he should hang himself in his jail cell, or if he is struck by a bolt of lightning, then I'm going to blame some of the people in this room. And that I do not forgive. But that aside, let me say that I swear on the souls of my grandchildren that I will not be the one to break the peace we have made here today. That's that's the Don Corleone speech to the five families. There, God damn. is it there that he also says that drugs are going to ruin? Yeah, it's early. Like, it's earlier in the meeting, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. yeah. This going to be this the death of this business. This like it was. I think we had. Let's see, we had a, a couple Don Vito. Yeah, you asked me to do murder for money. Um, that's the opening monologue yeah. of the movie. Um, and then we, we also had Fredo's Hail Mary in there, and then Kay Corleone. Um, oh, Michael, you are blind. Uh, yeah. those, those, okay. those were the Godfather ones, but man, there's something special we, we, about it. We stuck this. to this one, the Vengeance and Peace monologue, as we dubbed it. Um, yeah, there's there's something special about this one. You talk about vengeance. Is vengeance going to bring your son back to you or my boy to me? Like, what a fucking, just a, a G. A G, so that's the first one. Then we've got John Keating and Dead Poet Society next. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. And medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, 
romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. To quote from Whitman, O me, O life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O me, O life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists, and identity, that the powerful play goes on, and, and you may contribute a verse, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? See, now that one's just more of a all-encompassing, like, that gets me, you know? Like, what, what, he could be talking to me, you know? Don Vito Corleone's is like, I mean, I'm probably not involved in this conversation, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm probably not the one who's going to be risking vengeance on, on anybody. But what will my verse be? What will my verse be? You know what I'm he's, saying? Like yeah, that's he's, what... he's talking to the audience. Yeah, it's 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 a very that's the point of the monologue. You know, it's to not just for the movie. It's it's for I don't know that that movie itself is just a a lesson in itself. Like I, I you come out of that movie just feeling different. Like I don't know. Like it's it's a movie that kind of. Um, I don't it just reshaped how we thought of of a lot of like how we thought of movies moving forward which was kind of nuts. Um so yeah, that's that's strong. It is very strong. I I'm missing we there's one nom that's empty here. I do um, know what it is and I I've got it okay, for us. It's, okay, it's, it's okay. one of reds. It's one of reds and I that's will That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I will yeah, these next two are red from the Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman's character. And we start with his rehabilitated monologue. I know what you think it means, Sonny. To me, it's just a made-up word, a politician's word, so young fellas like yourself can wear a suit and tie and have a job. What do you really want to know? Am I sorry for what I did? There's not a day goes by I don't feel regret, not because I'm here, because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then, a young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. I want to talk to him. I want to try to talk some sense into him, tell him the way things are, but I can't. That kid's long gone, and this old man is all that's left. I've got to live with that. Rehabilitated? It's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time, because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. Right then and there. When, he realizes, when he's when he doesn't give a shit is when they're like, okay, yep, you are officially good on our end. You don't give yep. a shit about you've life lost, anymore. You've lost any hope. That's cool. Right. Thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Go into the world where you have nothing, anyways. Good yep. luck. It's a whole new world out there for whole you. Whole new world you out there. You've been here a while. What it's like. Have good fun. Luck. <laughs> Go find Andy, but uh, in Ziwatanejo. And en route, read this monologue, Red. I find I'm so excited, I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. Red. That one's short and sweet, but man, it hits. Because it's like, isn't he? 
Is it when he's in the bus? He's on the bus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Heading dude. down there. Oh, dude. <laughs> this is going to be hard. Because we haven't even gotten to. We haven't gotten to like. We got three left, I think. Mm-hmm. We got Sean McGuire and Goodwill Hunting next. Robin Williams. And this is a this is a behemoth, so bear with me. So if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo, you know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientations, the whole works, right? But I'll bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling and seen that. If I ask you about women, you'd probably give me a syllabus about your personal favorites. You may have been laid a few times, but you can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid, and I'd ask you about war. You'd probably throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more under the breach, dear friends, but you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap, watch him gasp his last breath looking for your help. I'd ask you about love. You'd probably quote me a sonnet, but you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable. Known someone that could level you with her eyes, feeling like God put an angel on the earth just for you, who could rescue you from the depths of hell, and you wouldn't know what it's like to be to be her angel, to have that love for her, be there forever through anything, through cancer. And you wouldn't know about sleeping, sitting up in the hospital room for two months, holding her hand because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss because it only occurs when you've loved something more than you've loved yourself. And I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. And look at you. I don't see an intelligent, confident man. I see a cocky, scared, shitless kid. But you're a genius, Will. No one denies that. No one could possibly understand the depths of you. But you presume to know everything about me because you saw a painting of mine and you ripped my fucking life apart. You're an orphan, right? You think I know the first thing about how hard your life has been? How you feel? Who you are? Because I read Oliver Twist? Does that encapsulate you? Personally, I don't give a shit about all that. Because you know what? I can't learn anything from you. I can't read and I can't learn anything from you. I can't read in some fucking book unless you want to talk about you, who you are. Then I'm fascinated. I'm in. But you don't want to do that, do you, sport? You're terrified of what you might say. Your move, chief. Checkmate. I mean, your move, chief monologue is a fucking. That hits. Not even just for the movie, dude. I mean, just for in general. Robin you Williams could, be coming with those fucking could, bangers like that, you could bro. Give that speech at like a college coronet, you know, like graduation or like a high school graduation, and it would be like one of the best, you know, like like actually, like okay, damn, like yeah, I'm about to go to college, but like it's not really about what I'm what I'm learning in class. That's important, you know, like that. I don't know. That's like. It's just a beautiful speech. Um, Gorgeous. You could call it a speech. Like, yeah, right. Like even like he he got on his bread box and just went. Preached. Yeah. yeah. Robin Williams has a f- fucking bangers in these movies, bro. Like, uh, so we got two Robin Williams, two Morgan Freeman. We got a uh, a Marlon Brando, and our next up is a David Diggs from Blind Spotting. We got a range, man. Yes. Yes, indeed. What? I'm just talking to him. You said make it pretty, right? It's the bounce of it. They like the bounce of it. Like a tree on a sign, we cut right down. 
Paul Bunyan ass cops come to chop me at the knees and search the trunk in my own town. Did you count his rings when you bled him? Huh? When you dead him? Do you understand how old was he? How old was he? 26? That's how many years you decided didn't mean shit. All this talking don't mean shit. I mean shit. I've been in my element eloquent, spitting hella developing. I've been telling Shellin and not walking like a felon and fucking flipping the middle finger to feeling irrelevant. Reveling in my freedom till you turned heaven to hell and hello, sir. I'm gonna need you to open your fucking eyes now and look at me and see. You might think you know what's happening, but you don't know, but you don't feel it like we do. To feel it, it has to be you. Cut you, but you don't know what the cut do. You are reflux, but when <laughs> you are reflex, but when reflux bleeds the gut, then you see the faces. Leave the vases. Moving people in and out for a fee, feeding this town decay an appetite of me. An appetizer, huh? I must be tasty, but I stay angry because y'all get hazy. I'm the one out here stuck on a clock, loving the curfew to keep me off the block. Fuck, what time is it? What time? What time? Nope. Fuck it. I did my time. How come every time you come around, you monsters got me feeling like a monster in my own town? I say it while I'm rapping because everyone conditioned to listen to a rapper, but I'm rapping to the active. You the one capping. And there's a lot of N-words here that I can't drop. Um, so quit the flash and feel like the pla- <laughs> So quit the flash and feel like your passion. Hitting us till our heads stone stuck in the mud. We stuck it out, it turned us into some thugs. Got a whole city brand new and they kicking us out. Maybe we should both break shit, make a fuss. I am both pictures. See both pictures. Don't be blind spotting me. See both pictures. Guess I'm just a little bigger than a picture playing chicken with a clip. And I ain't never been a flitcher. Block is getting hotter. I'm going to be the one to bring the winner. Fucking everybody on the body of a cop the splinter. I mean, why wouldn't I dead him? He's splitting wigs for 80K a year and ain't from here. Who will miss him if he disappear? Filling up with fear. I know you feel it. I've been feeling it for years. In fact, I don't remember ever, ever feeling it. The one who, uh, going dummy never felt the need to run, but I've been sprinting till I limp across the finish with a gun up in my blind spot, really. Ain't too hard to figure that you probably never felt the pressure of a, but you know what? I ain't never felt the pressure of a trigger. The difference between me and you is. I ain't no killer. I ain't no killer. Whew. God. And obviously, I can't do that one justice. David Diggs, the the presentation he does that with is fucking insane. Gotta say, though, if anyone else tries to read that, um, you did it ten times better, a hundred times better than, than, like, no way I could. I can't even read that fast in general. Just at all, I my you know I can't my mouth just can't even move that fast. Yeah, when he said filling so. up with fear, I know you feel it. I've been feeling it for years. In fact, I don't remember ever never feeling the one going dummy. Never felt the need to run, but I've been sprinting until the finish line across with a gun. Like, ugh. I don't Man, even want nuts. to attempt that. Like because I feel if I do, oh. it will take me at least four minutes to say it. I feel like <laughs> um, you know, and and you did it in a good eight seconds, but. Yeah, no, I, you did. You did that justice. The only thing I'm having trouble with here is how the hell are we going to decide which one is better than the other? Like, well, like, and I, I hate to be a bummer here, but there's one more. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and I. Oh, no. It's Wayman Wang and everything everywhere all at once. You think I'm weak, don't you? All those years ago when we first fell in love, your father would say I was too sweet for my own good. And maybe he was right. Cut over to Wayman Wang in a different in a different universe. Please, please, can we just stop fighting? Back to the other Wayman. You tell me it's a cruel world, and we're all running around in circles. I know that. I've been on this earth just as many days as you. Back to the other Wayman. 
I know you were all fighting because you were scared and confused. I'm confused too. All day, I don't know what the heck is going on, but somehow, this feels like it's all my fault. Back to the other women. When I choose to see the good side of things, I'm not being naive. It is strategic and necessary. It's how I've learned to survive through everything. Back to the other women. I don't know. The only thing I do know is that we all have to be kind. Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. Back to the last Wayman. I know you see yourself as a fighter. Well, I see myself as one too. And this is how I fight. What? It was already hard enough, man. You didn't have to throw Wayman's in there. Wayman's is nuts, bro. That shit's... Oh. That's the thing. Is that like... Wayman's? Um... That's the thing. You you have like actual... Speeches in here. That like... One you could put at like... At the top of a Black Lives Matter rally. And actually give like... One of the most meaningful like... To everybody. Everyone Mm. needs to like... That. The V Diggs monologue. Like I... it's, It's just... It explain it like so concisely, even though it is a, a beefy monologue. It explains so much so concisely. Yeah. Um, and then you have Wayman's, where he's just you know preaching to the choir. He's just oh my god. Yeah, that that's and, the thing, man. Like that one, all these monologues serve a little bit different of a purpose. You know, Marlon Brando's "The Vengeance and Peace" is really just a showcase of how good of an actor Marlon Brando is. Mm-hmm. That one, I'm not, I'm not really taking anything home with me there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, oh, that was just kind of, that was dope. That man can fucking act. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Uh, John Keating, what will your verse be? That's me taking that shit home. You know, that's me. I'm thinking about that for the days to come after I watch Dead Poets Society. What will my verse be? When we get to Sean McGuire, it's like, damn, that one combines what Robin Williams did in Dead Poet Society and what Marlon Brando did in The Godfather, where it's like, oh, that man's acting his ass off right now. And I'm going to take that home with me. I'm going to think about that. Like this shit. Like that's right now, as of those three, my top contender is your move, Chief, Sean McGuire, of of The Godfather, Dead Poets, and Goodwill Hunting. I think my top three is your move chief as well that that one's very strong probably my top one as of right now it's Mm. very like that one's hard to beat that one that that one like encapsulates almost everything meaningful moment in the movie meaningful speech on its own robin williams kills it like i mean it's like and the acting you know was great it's like oh like holy fuck yeah, but all those things and more can be applied to David Diggs' blind That's what spot. I, that's, that, my top three was Your Move Chief, David Diggs, and Wayman. Yeah. And Wayman is more, it's the moment it's of the movie. It's, it's, it's a little cheaty, too, because we're getting two different versions of Wayman intercut. Um, It's mm. not one giant monologue. I bent the rules for that one to give it its respect. Yeah. So I really think it's between David Diggs and and your move chief, and that's the thing is that you have everything that Robin Williams did, but kind of applied to one a more current problem 
as well. So it hit harder, you know, like your movie, you know, Robin Williams is more timeless sort of thing. Just kind of it's like timeless a, and it's more specific. It's but, like, it's directed yeah. specifically at this kid, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And, and, and who's, yeah, you can't like, not everyone can relate to the part where it's like, you're a genius. Will no one, you're an orphan, right? With that. Yeah. You're an orphan. Like it's, it's kind of the first part of like, have you ever stood in this, the Sistine yeah. Chapel? Have you looked there that, that you really look for? I asked like, you about war. You could say some Shakespeare to me, right? Onto the breach, my good friends, you know, like, yeah, like he's, uh, at the Diggs. first, the first, yeah, the David Diggs, man. I think he that's my, I think that's my performance too. Like, yeah, I mean, the acting in that's fucking when he's see both pictures, psh, smashing faces. I am both pictures, psh, like that shit. Oh man, I think I gotta go to V Diggs and Blind Spotting. Uh, I think that's my favorite monologue of the entire thing. It, um, I I don't think I think that's just it. I think I think your move chief gets the the honorable mention yeah, there. I think it, those are the two we came back to, and in red we we didn't talk nearly enough of. I don't think um, like red nah, they were those were, were so good and they were so meaningful to the uh, movie, but they are they fall into the same thing that uh, Marlon Brando's yeah. did. It's very it's, specific to the movie, except for the yeah. free man. Like a free, uh, this is a feeling only a free man can feel. You I know, guess like rehabilitated a, has some some real world aspects mm. to it too with like yeah the actual just rehabilitation system we got going on yeah um, so that there is that aspect there but not to the level of to be digs with <sighs> i mean what we're seeing today so i mean yeah it's like ah, to be digs is fucking crazy in that scene dude he's so fucking good mm. i'm glad i'm glad we've we've come to the conclusion there and that leaves us with three selections left Best plot twist, best ending, and movie of the 52-year journey through film. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Bum. Damn, best plot twist. First? Okay. Start with yeah. best plot twists. So, we've got, from Interstellar, the the entire stay, You're My Ghost, twist the fact that it is matthew mcconaughey in the in the bookshelf pushing the books slicing the the fucking binary into the air um i'll stay dimensional handshake the uh, everything coming together yeah that was nuts that watching that for the first Instant time twist it's it if it has actually gotten me to the question that it, the age-old question if you could have any superpower, what would it be? This movie alone has got me to change, maybe to consider having the superpower to forget certain things so that I could experience them for the first time again. Forget exactly what I want to forget. That's my superpower. It came from the scene. That is what changed my mind to actually consider that as my superpower. Because then I could just live my normal life. I don't have to be a hero. I don't have to feel obligated to really to save people. I can't save people in doing that. It's a very selfish power, sure. But um But God would it be fucking awesome to have imagine being able to just experience Star Wars over and over and over. Interstellar over and over. Dude. Andy's escape over and over. That is our next nomination. Andy Dufresne's escape from Shawshank prison. (laughs) Uh, that's a pretty classic one there. Uh, we also got Michael becoming the Godfather and knocking off the other five family heads. Um, pretty, pretty 
outstanding. Like becoming a godfather in the do church. You swear off, you know, yeah, like, do you swear oh, off the devil in all his ways? Yeah. I do. Meanwhile, I'm murdering five motherfuckers at oh, once right wow. now. Boom. Um, oh. Beatrix, the, the end of Kill Bill Volume 1. Hmm. Whenever they cut to black on Bill talking to, I think it's Ellie Driver, and going like, uh, mm-hmm. does she know her daughter's still alive? And then it cuts, and you're like, oh, shit, I've got to watch the second one now. You know, like. <laughs> the beginning of the movie, too. It's like it started with that, but you didn't see the end. You just saw the gunshot, mm. and then it ends with, oh, yeah, that, that was pretty sick. Man, these are nice. These are really, okay. These are going to be tough. Yeah, the next three, man, these are these are bringing the heat. The start of the coagula and silent auction in Get Out, whenever uh, the little Rose, little... I think, takes uh, oh, takes yeah. Daniel Kaluuya's character out for a walk, and is like, uh, they're like talking about maybe leaving, and she's like, uh, if you want to leave, we can leave, and he's like, no, it's okay, it's okay. It's like master manipulation on the mm-hmm. part of Rose because she's like, you know what? Yeah, we can leave right now. Let's go. Let's leave. And he's like, no, you know what? You're here for me, and I love you, and you know what? We can stay. And all the while, her family's back at the, back at the fucking plantation home doing a, doing a silent auction for Daniel Kaluuya's body. Yeah, that's... Whenever, like, the first time you watch it, and you're like, wait a minute. You're kind oh, of like... No. You know, it takes a second for it to be like... You're, you're like, you don't really fully know. You're like... What are they doing? You know, they're like, what? Right. Like, oh, okay, this is sort of weird. And then it's, you figure it out. But then, like, the second watch, and the, every time you watch it after that, it's like, oh, dude. Like, the the initial plot twist is insane. But then watching it happen, knowing what happens, is also a different insane. Mm. Um, it's crazy how, like, Jordan Peele can write a story like that, where the first watch and every watch after that is, it's like a different experience. Oh, it's fucking masterful the way that he goes about things, man. He's uh and that that movie, like I stand by it might be the best movie of the 2010s. Like as far as an all-encompassing just it's got like the best last act of any movie from the 2010s and that might be a little bit of a spoiler for the next category, but uh mm. like that's that movie's fucking different. Um 2010, I mean, yeah. Interstellar's in there, um, which is it's just a favorite, so it's tough to yeah right to put it above hard to like, rule it that, out. That'd be that that'd probably be one of the only ones that could give yeah. it a run for Parasite, a maybe yeah. yeah, true. Um, and that that brings us to our next one: the maid's husband living in the in the basement, uh, in Parasite. Uh, whenever we realize she goes downstairs for the first time and he's down there and they're like, what the fuck is going that's, on? Like, that's the monster that scared the kid to death. Yeah. You know, like gave him all this fear, oh, the head man. popping up. Like, oh yeah, dude, that, that, dude, and that was the most eerie shot I've ever seen. Like that shit stuck with me for like fucking years. And every time they would just focus, like it, it was in the background in the center, but like oh. nothing would happen, you know, like, like they were purposely sitting oh, here right oh now. I'm God. like, I'm in my sub basement. I'm like, don't fuck with me right now bro yeah just constantly looking behind me like oh dude no oh dude yeah so that's uh ah that's fucking gold that's fucking gold um Mm -hmm. but then one of the more classic plot twists of all time what's in the box in uh in seven 
Frosted Flakes. Um, Frosted oh, yeah, Flakes. Damn. That's uh, not not exactly Frosted Flakes was in the box. No, it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Regnant Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Well, maybe not at that time. Actually. No, I think I think so. I guess yeah. It was like how long after that conversation with Red? Oh yeah, I guess she could have. She could have. Yeah, maybe could have seen to it by then. Maybe pregnant. I would say. Yes. Still, perhaps. still devastating, regardless. Perhaps. Uh, but ooh, okay, wow. All right. Well, I I gotta go with the Interstellar twist. That's gotta be up there. I don't know. I don't know if it's the winner or if it's second, but it's top two. Stay is dead. I mean, that we nominated it first. There's a reason it was nominated first. I feel. I think Andy's Escape is nuts. The first time you watch that and you realize his well, and it's obsession. the payoff there because he seems like he's like ready to like commit suicide. Like, and that's kind of the thing you're left like, oh no, what's going on? Like, everyone's like, Andy Dufresne, get out here. And Red's like standing down like a few cells over like, oh no, did I lose another friend last night? He wasn't, he didn't seem okay. And they're like, he's gone. And he's like, oh fuck yeah, buddy. That's my guy right there. Um, I love that shit. Um, I got, yeah, Andy's Escape and Interstellar are top two. I think they have to be. Michael becoming the Godfather is good. Um, that could play more into the next category as well, though. Yeah, I think it's more, yeah, more of a better ending. Not really like a plot twist where you're like, "Oh my god!" Well, you are definitely shocked, but it's more of it's not like completely out of the picture that this would have happened, though. You know, right. like it, at the time of the movie, you're kind of like, "Okay," like, um, kind of going in that direction. But Andy's escape, like, is the first time you watch it, you're like. I don't know. It's the everything coming together, like like the poster. That was the whole reason for the poster. His mm-hmm. rock obsession yes. and, and creating little chess pieces or, or little things out of rocks was just him to be able. And to his hide. holy Bible being carved out. Oh, dude, and and it's oh beautiful. It, it's so calculated from the very start. Um, which one's the winner, though? It's got to be Interstellar with Andy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Interstellar's twist. I just, I, we talked about it in the Patreon planning. It's, if there's any movie you could ever watch again for the first time, it's Interstellar. And that's a sign of just a fantastic twist. Yeah. Like, I agree 100%. There's, it's my superpower. I would want that. I, this is the one thing. If I could choose one movie to watch over again, it would be this. And that would be, my superpower to watch Interstellar infinite times Ugh. over and over. The next category is giving me the ick, the best mm. ending. I'm this one's I'm, going to be near impossible. I'm torn asunder here. We've so. got Shawshank Redemption, everything, everywhere, all at once. Interstellar, The Truman Show, The Godfather, Goodwill Hunting. And get out. No. And you know how fucking nuts a category has to be for my first out to be fucking interstellar? Yeah. 
Actually. Like, that's insane. Because... I love the ending of that movie, but the twist is what's like, and the twist comes a little bit before the end, you know, like Mm -hmm. for real, for real. The end is just kind of like letting you settle with all the twists and giving you just some nice, comfy, Yeah, look how life turned out. You know, it turned out okay. Kind of just lets you sit with it. So I I agree there. Um, Wow. Um, Hmm. This one is going to be hard. Yeah. Because there's a couple different things here. There are three that I think have a commonality to them. That Shawshank, The Truman Show, and Goodwill Hunting. Um, it's finding a new new sort of freedom, you know. Specifically, Truman and Shawshank. I think Will. It's more of a societal pressures that mm-hmm. are kind of that he's freeing himself from, mm-hmm. not literal okay. prisons like the other two. Um. And then get out. How get out in that pain too. How do you weigh? Because like, yeah, get out. Like the ending is like the whole kind of like. That's one of the best last acts of a movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. Pretty much from the moment he stuffs the cotton in his ears to the point where he gets the fuck out of there. Like, oh my God. But you also have Michael becoming the Godfather. You have the everything everywhere all at once ending. You have like the everything ending. You uh. have like Truman. Getting out. Dude, I... When I think about everything, everywhere, all at once, and I think about Evelyn and uh, Joy hugging in that parking lot at the end. Mm. Oh. Oh, my God. And there's also the fact that it's the moment, like, at the beginning of the movie, the first sign of, like, strife between them is whenever she, like, walks her out to her car in that very spot and goes, you're getting fat. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's like a pull through of that along with the IRS building later on. Like it's just like ah, what a like, and that's a great ending. But I do think it has to it has to take a step to the side for a couple of these. Mm. Okay, if I'm between, oh god, I'm putting. I think Shawshank has to be in the conversation. It does. It does. I think the Godfather has to be in the conversation. Maybe. No, it should. It's one of the best endings of all. Like that's yeah, it's it's in the conversation to be sure. The top four, the top four are Shawshank, Truman, Godfather, Goodwill. Okay. Uh, because I want I want to point some attention on Goodwill as well. That's. Oh man, whenever Ben Affleck walks to the door and he's like, he's not here. He's like, I'm hoping one day I go and knock on your door and you just don't come out. You're just not was, there. You've gone, was, you've left this place. He was happy to. He, he turns was, around and he's like, he's gone. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to go ahead and get get moving. i like, oh, I fucking love it. And then like Robin Williams coming out, checking his mailbox to find that letter that says, I had to go see about a girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. oh shoot! Oh. oh shoot! Okay, okay. Andy escaping prison. Truman escaping his prison. Michael becoming the Godfather, or will finally live in a life. Well, the end of Shawshank is more red 
true. getting out and then finding Andy. True. And it's really them uniting on in Ziwatanejo that's like, oh, yes. This is nice. This is this what is it was. Ex- him doing the whole scavenger hunt he was sent on to go find the stone and everything. And like, oh, God I damn. I, it, what a, oh, that's the best way that movie could have ended. There's no oh, better yeah. way. And that's, no better way. that's the thing is that the Godfather critically has one of the greatest endings of any movie ever. I have no doubts about that. These other three give me the heartwarming feeling in a way that I just, uh, mm. I just don't, I just don't get in the same way out, out of the Godfather. Um, like I think it I think it has to be between Truman Show, Goodwill Hunting, and Shawshank. And frankly, as I say it, I think the top two have to be Shawshank and Truman. Yeah. Like whenever Jim Carrey turns around and he talks to talks to good old Ed, Ed Harris, the creator. Say something, you're on television. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night just walks right on out she she's watching it she goes everyone cheers everyone's ecstatic truman made it out yeah yeah you cut to all the people like the the couple that had all the sherman memorabilia everything they were they were crying and hugging each other you have like um the cops or whatever that were just watching the eating donuts they were all like what else is on tv (laughs) and then yeah and then it just cuts to all right all right what's next like the biggest moment in history, basically, like at that time, pop culture and pop culture history yeah, for the world. That's insane. And then, all right, what's next? I think it's Shawshank with the runner-up being Truman. I think I think so too. I think so too. I think Shawshank has the premier ending for a movie you could ever want. Um, after so much pain and strife throughout the course of that movie. For it to end on such a happy note, I think it's just the way it has to be. It's a beautiful movie. Maybe something. Okay. That's a beautiful film. That is a beautiful film. That leaves one last category. Yes, it does. And it's the best movie it's the bell of the ball, movie of the decade, movie of the project, and the ones we've got stacking up against each other. Star Wars from the 70s, Raiders of the Lost Ark from the 80s, Shawshank Redemption from the 90s, Slumdog Millionaire from the aughts, mm. Parasite from the 2010s, and Everything Everywhere All at Once from the 20s. I think we can just come out and say that we've talked enough of Shawshank, of the ending, of the twists, of the movie, that it it, mm-hmm. it is in the conversation. It is. Without a doubt. It is. The other movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, that we've talked about. Obviously in the conversation. At the same time. So I think the top two front runners, I think I can just, I think maybe I can just solidify a top two because I think... Next, I would say it's like Star Wars and Raiders and Parasite or well, maybe Star Wars and Raiders are like tied for third. And then it goes to like Parasite, 
um, and Slumdog. I think we're dismissing Star Wars too too hastily. Okay, fair. Um, fair. My Maybe. top two are Star Wars and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Not even Shawshank. In there. Not even Shawshank. Shawshank. Shawshank would be third. You know, I think it would go Star Wars and Everything. I don't know what order. Shawshank right there. No, you're right. Parasite, Raiders, and then Slumdog. You're right. No, the conversation should be Star Wars and everything everywhere all at once. It should be the the movie that changed everything, the movie that inspired so much mm. and was also just insane on its own, as well as what we can do with the technology today and how just a story can be told with the craziest if you if you told that plot line to someone in the 70s and when Star Wars came out they'd be like what the fuck you want me to buy a ticket to go see that you know right but now like i can comfortably recommend that movie to anyone and there's dildos and butt plugs and glizzy fingers and anything under the sun in that movie i i don't care i'm recommending it to anyone um I genuinely I'm I'm of the mind and I've said this multiple times now that everything everywhere all at once is my favorite movie of all time. That is including every Star Wars movie. I I stand by that. Everything everywhere all at once is my favorite movie of all time. I I it's where my gut lies for for the best for the movie of the project. I don't think and it's such a perfect example of everything. Like I don't know that we could have ended the project on a better movie. Mm. As far as everything we talked about throughout the year culminating in one movie. You know, we've talked about how everything influenced everything going into every, like that movie only exists because of everything else that we talked about in this project. And it took everything, all those film influences, and made one of the greatest movies of all time. I think if you were, if we're going critically, it's between Shawshank and everything everywhere all at once. For mm. favorite, it's between Star Wars and everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Common denominator, the, the, the constant is everything everywhere all at once. Yes. And it's, it's, it, that's the thing. I think if, if we're comparing all of Star Wars and everything everywhere all at once, then Star Wars wins. Um, if I can say Star Wars as a collective, everything, all the TV yeah. shows, all the yes. movies, everything, I'm going it's to Star Wars. Wars. Yes, exactly. But, but as for just a new hope and everything ever, I like, that is, I don't even think, I don't think it's close. No, Actually, it's everything everywhere all at once. The, the closer argument is Shawshank and everything, everything everywhere all at once, where it's closer. The gap is closer, I feel, yeah. critically. Yeah. But overall, it just, I think it is. There's just not a movie that makes me feel the way everything everywhere all at once does, man. Like, I every time I watch that movie, I'm just like... It's it's everything. Oh, I'm falling in love with this all all over again. Like this is just it's it's a masterful work of cinema. And you know what? To to prevent us from having to pick a movie of the 
of the entire 52-year journey through film. I think maybe we just go ahead and hand it to the obvious winner. Scooby fucking do. It there's not there wasn't a better year, you know, I think in in all of human history, honestly. Mm-mm. Um in 2002. I'm lucky that I was alive for it, you know. I, I can I, say I, that, I lived through that, you know. You know like, maybe my brain all... wasn't fully aware of anything yet at all. I knew I was still shitting myself. I guess. I was um, yeah, I was still shitting in, in my pants. But Scooby Doo came out while I was conscious. So I I mean I was we, alive, I was there. We're part of the generation, you know. The most important generation. It almost feels like a betrayal to not select Scooby-Doo as the greatest movie of our time. And maybe the runner-up just goes to the only Keanu movie we got. The Matrix, actually, is the runner-up. So, sorry uh, to Star Wars and everything ever all at once. Um, Top slam two. dunked by Scooby-Doo and Matrix. So, yeah. Yeah. the pod... We we can't we can't be hypocrites, you know. So at the, the end pod, of the day, the pod stands strong. At the end of the day, maybe the people's champion, sure, might be everything, everywhere, all at once. Might it, it might, might be Star Wars, Wars might but, be Shawshank. But the true hero of this project was Scooby Doo. It's it's Ruby, Ruby Doo, like Zoink Scoob. Come on, just if you're not in, what are you doing? I don't know what you're, you're doing fucking with your up. life. You're fucking up. Scooby-Doo, the greatest movie of the last 52 years. Scooby-Doo 3 is coming. Just Scooby-Doo wait. 3 incoming. Incoming. But with that, we officially conclude the 52-year journey through film. Man, a long time coming. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. We're heading mm-hmm. into 2023 strong. Um, this Friday, we start the next journey through film. This time, comic book movie edition. Now, we've recorded a great many of those far in advance, and I'm hoping that Twitter is still existent. And therein, I'm plug- I plug Twitter every single time, but I want to start the new year by plugging the new social media that I have, uh, I- I'm, tend- I'm-, I'm fucking with right now. A- after this, the scare. Hive, Hive Social. Find us at Penny Bloom Pod. There, I'm treating it just like I did Twitter. Treating it just like I did Twitter. Right now, it's just a bunch of Star Wars Twitter, and it's fucking awesome. I love everybody over there. They let you put a little song with your profile. You visit a, you visit my profile. You're gonna hear Yoda and the Younglings from Attack of the Clones. Like that's that's fucking cool. So hop on Hive Social. And and fuck with that, but uh, man, that's where we'll be promoting everything coming in the new year. This new this new twenty twenty three. If Twitter's still there, we'll be doing Twitter as well. You know, I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna let let go of Twitter. It's just been a big part of my life for a very long time now. Um, but comic book movie journey through film incoming, man. I'm fucking ready for it, and I hope you're all ready for it. This Friday brings us Batman. 66, the 1966 movie starring Adam West and uh, Burt Ward as Dick Grayson. So, uh, so excited for you all to hear that. 
Um, can't believe we're officially ending the 52. Oh, yeah, I know, man. It's like, crazy. Uh, this is, we've this been kind of putting this off. A little on bit. Top. We've, yeah, like we've been kind of putting the, the we're only concluding it with like a near five hour episode yeah. of awards. So like, I mean, it it's took a, how many months to record uh, over a year, over a year. I think we started, yeah. we started last October, I think as far as recording in advance. And here we are. I mean, we're recording this in advance as well. It's only it's only fitting. It's middle of November. Also, maybe a funny question is how long did it take just to record this award show alone? No, it's uh, it's near this. When did this, we start that? Would it have been like no, no, no? It would have been it, no, it would have been October like, or September. Like, yeah, I think yeah. it might have been sept the end of September. Maybe is whenever yeah. we started this, which is kind of nuts. We're getting yeah, we got no, there, it would have been. It would have been prior to, I'm sure I could find out in my downloads, because the beginning of this show was recorded on Squadcast, and now we're coming at you from Discord. We've been on Discord for a while now. Um, True. So, like, uh, we've been putting this off, but, you know, I'm glad we concluded it. And with that, we conclude the 52-year journey through film for the Penny Bloom podcast. Twas I, Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, man. It's always a pleasure to be here, and man, it's been a pleasure for this project, for sure. Oh, it's been a blast. Oh, it has. Oh, it has. And if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod, newly anointed. Switched it from patreon.com slash corobloom to pennybloompod here in the new year. So I'm excited for you all to to head over there and check it out. For three bucks a month, you can help the podcast out in a major way. You'll have access to all the planning we did. For this award show, it only took us seven hours of planning for about a five-hour award show. So there you go. Uh, if you would, head to Twitter if it's still there. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Hive at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Follow on Tumblr at Penny Bloom Pod. This Twitter scare recently had me scrambling for ways to promote the podcast because I put all my eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Um if you would, leave a five-star rate and review. And if you're fucking with me and Joe, we are currently re-watching Game of Thrones with uh, with the founder, Tavares. Mm-hmm. On uh, on Mondays, we're doing Game of Th- the Game of Thrones rewatch. And that's been a great deal of fun. Winter is blooming, baby. Go follow along with us. Keep following along our, our fucking comic book movie journey through film now. It's start, starting this week. Y'all better be fucking ready for that. Um, I'm assuming... We're doing our Star Wars show. The Bad Batch started this week, I'm pretty sure, season two. Uh, so very excited about that. Uh, okay. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're we're very excited. Very excited here at the Penny Bloom Pod. We're going strong. We're going strong and uh, no signs of stopping. We got to be north of 300 episodes by now, which is super fucking cool as well. Um, with that, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves and Ruby Doo.